Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Hello, hello. Welcome. Sorry. One and all. <laughs> I'm going to pretend you weren't talking to the Degenerates Clubhouse. I'm, wait, I, I want to do like the announcer voice. You know how they do that like when they're doing recaps? On the, on the Wait, last I gotta get episode. my voice deeper. <clears throat> yeah. In a world. You have to you have to say in a world <laughs> to get in the right fine in a world. In the last episode, Armando and Aaron made a bet. Aaron was the loser and had to get Irene Eldana tattooed on his chest in Photoshop. There you go. Now, for the startling conclusion. So I was thinking, I was like, man, I don't have much of a social media presence. I mean, I don't, I don't really use, I have like t- eight friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I'm not, not looking for more. Don't, don't, don't at me or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't, I don't really do Twitter, but the one place I do have some social media reach is on Instagram on my, my blasted channel. I was like, wait, I get it. I could, I could wingman for Armando. <laughs> I could help him out. Like I could help facilitate this, this budding romance between him and Irene Aldana and then because it's going to be like super awkward if they don't get together and I have this this tattoo on my chest. <laughs> so I, I, I fucking have to make this happen. So the one hitch is that, as, as we know, I'm learning Spanish, but I'm pretty limited. And I was like, okay, with the words that I know, could I write like a little introduction to a Renny? Just a nice, nice message, kind of, kind of set the set the tone. Um, maybe you maybe introduce her to Armando. So I, I did that. You did um, to the to the best of my ability. I have not posted oh, it yet. I shit. wanted to. I'm kind of scared. I wanted now. to to you know get your your blessing on the podcast. And the, the thing is, it's all in Spanish. And I was like, oh, if I posted it to Instagram, I would subtitle it. Okay. But. But what, what I thought is we'll see we'll see how how bad my Spanish is. This was my idea. I could read the Spanish part and you could translate like like line by line, and then we can see and then you can kind of we can figure out if it's if one I'm actually communicating words as to it so a person sure. can understand and then you could have the the surprise along with the audience of this this beautiful message that I want to convey to Irene on your behalf. Kind of, I, you that, got me. I gotta admit, you got me kind of sweaty right now by saying all this shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's because you, you're, you're thinking of Renny Aldana. You're just you're, you're sweaty all over. I guess. Yeah. I well, that and just, I mean, I'm a fucking yeah. I, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a by comparison, by popularity, by the pedestal, uh, I'm a nobody com- in comparison to Miss Eden Aldana. No, 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 no. Stop, stop. That's not the sort of mindset sure. we're bringing to the table when you meet a Renny. You're not a nobody. Right. Okay, I get you. I understand that part, but I mean, like, right? Okay. I, I, I agree, I agree. But anyway. so, so do you, do you think you think you can you can translate the, the Spanish? I'll give it a shot. I, I mean, I'll give it. A, so you're saying okay. you're gonna read in Spanish, and I'm gonna say in English? Okay. okay. Yeah. So, so the the first part was easy. I said, I said, uh, "Hola, Irene. Me llamo Blasted." Hello, Irene. My name is Blasted. En inglés, SOS, Blasted. In English. That is blasted. <laughs> Yo tengo un amigo Armando. I've got a friend, Armando. Le gustas mucho. Uh, he likes you a lot. 
mucho más que Joan Calderwood. He likes you a lot more than Joanne Calderwood. Ahora que está con su entrenador, Juan Wood. Now that she's got a boyfriend, John Wood. Her trainer boyfriend, John Wood. Uh, pero eso no es importante. But that's not important. Mi amigo es muy guapo. My friend is very good looking. Es verdad, es más guapo de noche. Cuando está oscuro. Okay, I'll fix that word, but I know you're trying to say. He's like, he's like, he said uh, he's a lot better looking at night when it's a little darker out. Uh, yeah, okay. Pero, pero es uh, fuerte. But he's strong? I got a question mark with that one. E, 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 amable? And uh, I guess uh, uh, amable? Affable? Lovable? Sure. Y él tiene un pollo grande. Oh, Jesus. And he's got a big chicken. <laughs> un, un pollo de los pantalones. A chicken of the pants. I think... Yo, ima I think, yo, yo imagino. Okay, I Im uh, imagino, but yeah, that means I imagine. No, uh, no, 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 no. No, Im imagino. Uh, imagino nunca. He's like, wait a minute. No, I don't actually really imagine it. Uh, oh, and we, we, you just taught me. I, I had lo siento, but I should have said, um, not, not perdón. What, what, you, you just told me. Uh, disculpe, Armando. No ayuda. Uh, uh, forgive Armando. He doesn't help? Oh, I was trying to say I'm sorry. Oh, just, yeah, uh, I guess I'm sorry, Armando. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, René, uh, buena suerte. Con Holly Home. Uh, Irene, good luck with Holly Home. La hija del Dios hombre. <laughs> the, the, uh, the preacher's daughter. I mean, I think the little translation is the, the daughter of God man. Sure, yeah. But I, I know what you were trying to say because her, her nickname is the preacher's daughter, I believe. Y uh, saluda a Armando, por favor. Gracias, Irene. And... Uh, and uh, I guess, and uh, saluda means like, and greet Armando, please. Thanks, Irene. Yeah, I think that's a winner. Like, I think, I think if we can, you know, if she sees this and she understands the, the, just the sort of the heartfelt um, emotion behind those words, she's, she's just gonna, it's not even gonna be love at first sight. She'd be like, oh, this Armando guy, I've got to meet him. A, 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 a pollo grande? Well, yeah, like, yeah. What? What is yeah, going on? That, yeah, be... that would not. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with <laughs> with that part of it. I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll fly over well. I think it'll probably scare her off. If anything, if you talk about my big chicken, uh, I think the. Uh, I I like what you're saying. I think it needs a little grammatical fixing here and there. But we can do that. No big deal. Not. This won't take a lot of work. You know. I wonder if she does. Um, I wonder if she does that, uh, what's that fucking thing where you pay them and they send you a shout out? What's that crap? We were trying to look into it when we were doing the... Uh, oh, sure. Cameo. cameo. There you go. I wonder if she does cameo. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> Dude, stop, 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 stop. You're approaching this like a fan. You're not a fan. You're you're a potential suitor. Sure, I guess. I need... Dude, you're yeah. like, oh, who, who am I? I'm a nobody. I wonder if I could pay her to say hello to me for five seconds. No, Armando. No. Um... It's not acceptable. She's into cats, which is 
You know how they say there's like cat people and dog people? Uh-huh. Uh, I think I think the cat thing might kind of, I don't know. I could deal with cats. I used to have cats. You remember the cats we used to have, Winston and Dexter? Um, I'm okay uh-huh. with cats, uh-huh. but if I were to say I'm more of a, I, I think I'm more of a dog person. And and what was the, wait, which, which one, was it Dexter? Which was the one that they just dropped off and then it died like a month they later? They dropped off both of them and Dexter was the one that died like a month later. And then you, you, it was you took Dexter. her to the vet. I had I had to, and it was like three hundred dollars. And then I was like, "Hey, could yeah, we didn't we didn't have could, any money you reimburse me for this fucking sick cat you dropped off at our house." Yeah, we didn't. You neither you like, or no. I had had any money. Like it, it like it was like we had just gotten jobs and we weren't making that kind of money. You'd be like, "Okay, let's pay three hundred bucks for this fucking cat's vet bill." So we we let poor Dexter um, pass on to the cat afterlife. What sucks was Dexter. Of the two, Dexter and Winston, Dexter was by far more um, yeah lovable, Dex- like playful, like active, running around the fucking the Lancer house, um, interacted with uh-huh. people. Dex- uh, Winston just wanted to like stay in her little fucking hole, like she didn't want to go the, come out and play. This is a shared memory that Kevin and I, oh, and I will probably have till the, the day each of us respectively dies. Hopefully, him first. Um, <laughs> Was we were this is this is in the Lancer house, uh, you know whatever it was like we were getting ready to go out or something and we were just like talking in my room and Dexter is sitting uh, at the at the foot of the bed and like I can't remember he was trying to look at something and then like just lost his equilibrium and just falls off the bed and just goes. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I, just I vaguely remember thunk that. like a log on the floor and it was. Sort of sad, but also kind of in that like nervous, funny way as well. Where, where uh, our immediate reaction was to laugh, and then we're like, "Oh yeah, this cat's dead." What did she eventually? I know you took her to the vet, and they did blood work, yeah, and then they, yeah, they did blood. And there was some sort of kidney disease, yeah. Um, and I, I was, and they're like, "All right, that's gonna be a lot of money." I was like, oh, can, "Can we just like put it in a bag?" And yeah, no, no, it's too late. We for got that. a baseball okay. bat out back. Yeah, it sucks. Cause she was she was the nicest. By the way, we got for for the people that aren't aware of those cats, they were given to us by a fraternity brother who was getting engaged, and his fiance was allergic to cats. So we, the Lancer guys, were like, "Oh, we'll take these two cats in. They'll be like our Lancer house mascots." They both had male names, but they were both actually female. So one was Dexter, and one was Winston, because the previous owners didn't know how to tell between a boy cat and a girl cat. Just for reference, people that don't know. About Dexter and Winston. Fair enough. Um, Winston lasted a long, long, long time to the to the point where she even moved with us here at my folks' house um, after the Lancer house. And uh, towards her latter years, she had a really bad hip from jumping up and down like heights. And eventually, like, I don't know, she broke a hip, broke a leg, something fucked up with her hind legs. And then my brother's girlfriend took her in and uh, she was paying an arm and a leg to keep it alive and and they got it had towards the end of its life it had like metal plates and shit on its legs and eventually just died of old age and other health complications so it it is fascinating is the backstory of the cats that have been associated with the lancer house is um you know i think i think maybe we should table that we can we can workshop the areni stuff we'll we'll figure out the the cat angle you're 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 Want to want to use cats as a way to her heart? I get it. We'll 
we'll, we'll, we'll figure this out. Um, <laughs> but there, there's, there's time. She's not fighting until I guess two weeks October from now. October 3rd, Saturday. But there, there are more, more pressing fights, uh, at, at hand and that might even be more interesting than some long dead cats. It's possible. I'm not sure. We're 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 back in Fight Island this weekend. We're back in Abu Dhabi. F- Fight Island in quotation marks. Sure. I I, I more like fight. island. Island. In yeah. Fight. Quote unquote. Island. Oh yeah. There the the island. It's it is technically surrounded by water on all sides. It's man made. The, the next quote unquote island is like fifty yards away. Um, and but there's there's sand. They've got a palm tree. I'm not sure if it's real. But the one thing. That is not fake are the fights, yes, we think. Yes. We're still pretty sure. We're like 99% sure the UFC fights are real and not fixed. Yeah, I've watched uh, the first two UFC, or two or three, UFC embeddeds for this Saturday, the UFC 253 uh-huh. card. And, uh, man, I'd love to fly in one of those fucking planes. Those planes, the whatever, I think it's the Arab Emirates luxury planes oh okay so 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 like a like a fancy oh, yeah. uh commuter uber, jet uber Got fancy it. that these guys um use uh, did did they have did, like was it where you have your own little suite and you've got like a little chair that turns into bed and i all think that stuff? the fighters are in those little one well, i guess you don't want to call them bedrooms but like the the cubicles i think the fighters are in the one yeah. person cubicles but all the trainers and all the other motherfuckers get like the <laughs> the regular seats yeah of course um they they have to quarantine in Vegas, so everyone everyone has to go to Vegas first, and they quarantine in Vegas for like a week, um, and then they they leave from Vegas to the Arab Emirates and Abu Dhabi. Yeah, not to get off track. I think this, this is something that we did, we also uh, agreed to table until next week, but I'm I'm definitely very interested in that because um, probably in the not too distant future, we're talking months, not years. Uh, I'm also going to be trying to, to take an international flight, um, which will be very challenging for me because my, my spine's all yeah. effed up and sitting down for like 15 minutes is a challenge. So I'm not real sure how I would handle like, you know, eight, nine hours in the air. So maybe I'll, I'm going to have to try to finagle my way into one of those fancy seats at some point. But um, that that's, that's for another time. So our, are all, are all the fighters actually there now? Did they make they it? Made, yes, make it they, they made it in there as of uh, maybe two days ago, maybe three. Um, but yeah, they're 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 there, they're there that I that I've seen. I know um, uh, City Fight Club or whatever whatever camp that um, Eugene Bear- City Kickboxing. Uh, I know all those guys are there for sure. I know um, Dominic Reyes is there. I've seen a couple other fighters that are already there. Well. Uh, most importantly, is Brandon Royville there? Uh, you know what? I have not seen any of his interviews or anything, so I don't know if he's there. I assume he's going to be there. Look, I think the idea is UFC wants to get corral them all together so they make one giant flight there together unless they have means to do a private charter on their own. So the idea is get all the fighters in one giant plane, get them all there together, you know, so that there's fewer complications with, um, you know, getting them there at the same time. All right. Fair enough. Um, and it is interesting. It looks like they, they did a lot of um, n- not not just Australia, but um, Australia and New Zealand based fighters. They they were and because uh, probably just what you're talking about in terms of pure logistics. They're like, all right, we can just dump a bunch of them. I mean, looking at it like Jake Matthews, Adesanya, 
Kaikara France is Brad Riddell. Is he? I from... think well for sure. Both the main and co-main fights. All the both all four of those fighters are there. Uh, all the city kickboxing guys are there. I again, I don't know about your boy Brandon Royval. Uh, all right. Anyhow, let, let's. You know what? Let, we we can probably skip everything but the main card. I mean, Diego Sanchez is gonna fight Jake Matthews on the undercard. Like, all right, he's a big underdog. You do you, Diego? Have fun with that. Um, uh, but then, as far as far as the main card goes, um, I, I mean, I don't I don't know much about the opener. Uh, I I'll be interested to see what happens with. Ketlin Vieira, I thought she was an interesting prox- prospect, and then had s- some injuries, and looked uh, pretty pretty off in her return. She bout. was undefeated until she fought my again my girlfriend Eden Aldana. I I think Ketlin was like thirteen and zero or twelve and zero, something like that, and then she fought Irene, and Irene knocked her ass out. Yeah, she she looked. I that was a, that was a fight where I I thought she was she was just going to to maul Irene, but she looked so off in that fight. Like I she. Probably came back a little bit too soon from injury. Hey, dude. But... Hey, give my girl some credit. Don't talk some smack about my woman. I'll come after you. That's good. See, that you keep that, you keep that fire <laughs> and passion and confidence when you're talking to Irene. None of this. None of this already. I don't, I'm not worthy no, to no. kiss the ground that you walk on. None of that I bullshit. I don't do any you, of the you, cry, crying voice, but I'm just trying to be. I'm a nobody. No, I'm just trying to be a little more realistic. Come on. Yeah, no, you just, you say you don't do any of the crying voice. Listen back to the audio of you circa oh, 15 Jesus. minutes ago and tell me that you don't do the crying okay. thing. It's okay. We're going to we're going to build your confidence up. We're going to get your mindset right. Yep. Um so uh and who knows though. She she did get demolished in that fight. Uh so sometimes it's hard for for fighters to come come back from. So let's uh, you know, I I don't think at this point she's going to be any challenge for Amanda Nunes before at least before Nunes retires. So yeah. um it doesn't really have like huge title She's implications got a or anything like that. But she she, she, she I, I'm always interested in wrestlers and then when you see a a good a, a good wrestler who's a woman from Brazil, I was like this doesn't this doesn't compute. Usually Brazilians are not known for their their wrestling. It's uh more in the jujitsu category. Right. But um the first fight, though, on the card that I'm, I'm extremely interested in is uh, Kaikara France, uh, also of City Kickboxing. Oh um, you know, he he had, was on a, a title track and then uh, dropped an L to Brandon Moreno. Yeah. You know, happens prospect setbacks, uh, but he and he's fighting Brandon Rival, who uh, I believe is, is still oh poor Brandon Rival. No, he's he's the only. Only fighter on the entire main card without a, a Wikipedia page. So I've I've got stats for both of them. If you want to just run by the dry stats, um, if you want. Oh no, I just saw his nickname. No, why? Why would you do that to yourself? So um, <laughs> Kai Kara France is ranked number seven. Uh, uh-huh. Twenty-one and eight is his record. On his win column, he's got ten KO, TKO finishes. None of those in the UFC though. He's also got three submissions with none of those in the UFC. His losses. He's got two KO losses, also none in the UFC, and two submission losses, none in the UFC. So it seems to be like he's he's either gets finished or finishes people, but so far in the UFC, he's not really performed to that level. Again, the, the UFC caliber fighters are typically a lot better, harder to finish, so a lot more decisions. 
Um, Brennan Royval is ranked number 10 in the division, record of 11 and 4. Uh, his wins, three of them uh, come by way of knockout or TKO. None of those in the UFC, though. Um, he's also got seven submission wins, one in the UFC, and it's his only fight in the UFC against Crazy Tim, El- Tim Elliott. Um, but he does mm-hmm. have four decision losses, again, none in the UFC. So it seems to be Roy Val. If he's going to lose, it'll be a decision. If he's going to win, he's, it's, 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 likely, it's more than likely that he's a, a submission-type finisher. So you have, you have another one of these kind of classic match. Well, I shouldn't say classic, but kind of a, more of a striker versus, versus more of a submission guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, Brandon does have good striking. Um and it, obviously, I mean, the way it's playing out, like his his strength, his go to uh, is is his submission game. Um, but he he's he's one of those guys. I mean, and I was definitely aware of them, of them in lacrosse because I was not one of them who just just technically when they're doing anything, it's just very smooth. It just it's just polished. Everything they do kind of flows. Um, and you see that just through all sports. There's some you know, shooters in basketball that just have that natural touch. There's, uh, you know, strikers. There's so, the, the easy, one of the easiest places to see are, are strikers. Like, so take skipping ahead a little bit. If you look at the main event, um, there's some strikers that are just doing it on power and explosiveness, and they're just going to kind of force the issue, like, uh, you know, i.e. Like a, like a Polo Costa. And then there's guys that it's just very, everything's just smooth. It looks like their punch is, is like, gliding through the air, um, you know, like Adesanya. And Roy Val is definitely in the, the Adesanya boat, and his, his jiu-jitsu was uh, extraordinary. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know him well, but he was my favorite instructor when I was at um, Factory X in Denver. He... he he trains still out of Factory X, and I think I think he might have only been a brown belt at the time, but I he he definitely he was the for me the the easiest to understand. His explanations were the clearest, and then when you actually saw him demonstrate it, it just it just everything it it it, it looked smooth and unforced. Like you know, if he was rotating on the mat you know, into position for an arm bar. It just looked like, like there was no gravity, no friction. Boom. He was just, he was just in on that arm bar. Um, do, do you kind of get what I'm saying yeah, with that, yeah, yeah. that ability? It's, it, I think it's, it's definitely underrated. Um, You're talking about the fight being underrated or, or his, his jujitsu game is underrated. No, I, j- just that, that as, as sort of a, an attribute, like when we're talking about, um, yeah, we're talking about fighters. You hear people talk about their strength or their explosiveness, their speed, whatever. But just, just that sort of dexterity, that smoothness. A lot of times, it, it actually has to do with being very flexible. Um, that's that's just like a really important quality in fighting because it, it just a lot of times if it's a submission, it means the opponent's not going to actually feel it coming until it's locked in. If if it's a, a punch, it's it, it, it's not going to be a telegraph punch where. Um, maybe you're not throwing the punch as fast. Like again, that's like kind of like an Adesanya. He's not like the fastest or the most explosive, but that smoothness it just doesn't give the opponent as much time to react, and a lot of times they don't see it coming, so the punch doesn't have to get there as fast. Um, so I look at I look at this fight. I try to look at the fight. You know, I always try to break down the stats and what they mean. They don't always 
translate really, MMA math doesn't always work out that way. Some guy can have a great night, um, can have a good performance, and some guy could be kind of maybe had a shitty weight cut. So it doesn't always tell the like the stats don't always tell the whole story. Um, and this is one of those cases where I don't know. I, there's going to be shit behind the scenes that are going to affect this fight. Um, what I don't like... Uh, so, Kai Connor France is a big favorite. He's a minus 240. Brennan Royval is a plus 190. I don't... I think I think it should be a lot closer than that. Um, and one of the... One of the... I guess the signs for me... Uh, is that... Uh, well, a couple of things. Um, Royval's only had one fight in the UFC. So, his experience is, is largely like in other organizations. But the one fight he had was against Tim Elliott. Um, Tim Elliott has is kind of one of those you know good performances, bad performances type of guys. But one of Tim mm-hmm. Elliott's best performances was against the the longtime uh, featherweight king uh, Demetrius Johnson. That was like to me Tim Elliott's like coming out party best performance ever in the UFC. Um, so if a, if a guy can again MMA math not being what it is, if a guy can keep up with DJ. And Royval can beat the guy that like kept up with DJ. It says a lot for Royval's game as a whole. Um, Kai Kara France has a lot more experience, but again, in and mm-hmm. out of the UFC. What I don't like about this matchup for Kai Kara France, even though he's a big favorite, is that you do have a lot of guys from City Kickboxing on this card. I think there's a total of four guys from from City Kickboxing that are on this card, and to me. Um, I I I tend to be more along the school of this guy's got a fight coming up. Let's focus all our attention on this one guy in the camp. But when you got four guys from the same camp got fights in the same card coming up, like you can't spend that much time and energy and attention into one guy. You kind of gotta spread out the love evenly. Um, you know. And if anything, the one that's probably got the most attention of city kickboxing is uh, am I am I mistake? Is Israel Adesanya not from that camp? He is from that camp, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that one's got more implications in it. So I don't know how much love and attention Kaikar France had in comparison to Izzy and the other two guys that are fighting. It, it, it's it's just hard. I mean, Kaikar France, like we've seen him fight. He, he kind of he's a known commodity. Um, Brandon had that one, obviously, one really nice performance against Tim Elliott. Um, and, I, man, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, you know, circa 2016, if you told me he was, you know, Brandon was going to be a UFC fighter, I, I would have kind of done a double take because I I just went a lot talking about how, his, you know, his technique is great. He just has that smooth quality and... Uh, what you didn't hear me talk about was like him being like strong or explosive or necessarily fast. Like he didn't, he didn't seem at least at the time, like a, like a plus athlete. Um, but the other part is my, my perspective is definitely skewed because, because a lot of what I'm basing on is when I was actually like grappling with him. Right. Um, cause there's this weird, I, the dynamic, at least when I was there, in terms of the size, physical size of people in these classes was like extremely strange. You had people from Brandon's size all the way up to about 170 pounds. And then there was this big gap from about 170 to 230. And then there were usually, 
you know, four uh, or five guys that were like 230 plus. And then there was just fucking me sitting there at like 200 pounds. And, you know, I I always felt like I I was weird or I was cheating if I went with guys that were 30 pounds smaller than me. So I was like, fuck it. I'll, I'll go against the, you know, the people who, who, you know, in the UFC weight classes would have been light heavyweights or heavyweights. And, it was rough. I mean, because I, I was I was thirty what thirty five, thirty six years old at that point. I'm like going against big fucking kids who are, who are uh, younger than me. And every so often, Brandon would, would take pity, and he would, you know when people were, were looking for because uh, you, usually you do five minutes round, rounds. You'd roll for for five minutes. You switch. You find another partner. And I so he he would. I don't know if it was it was pity or he wanted to go with me or what, but like yeah, I rolled with Brandon a bunch of times. And I always, I would, it was fun because he was, he was so, so fast and so slick. And I would try to, I would try to use speed as much as I could. I really tried to uh, avoid using size or strength. And, but I always had this like get out of jail free card. If I fucked up, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just, just bigger, like 50 pounds heavier yeah. than you. I'm like, you, yes, you have this arm bar, but I'm just going to curl your whole body off, off the ground with one arm and, and you can't, you can't finish this. Sorry. Um. But I, that, if nothing else, I mean, said a lot to me because he was like, oh, I'm going to go against this fucking 200-pound yeah. guy. I, don't, I don't just don't give a fuck. Like, I mean, I think a lot most fighters have, you know, s- some element of that in him. But I, 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 I don't think that he's going to be thrown off by, oh, this Kai Car France has more experience than me. He's a name, like any of that. I mean, clearly, like, Tim Elliott was a name. Yeah. And... Submitted in the second round. Yeah, uh, Kai Car France is a big kicker, um, and he he does throw a lot of combinations. I think um, those combinations or those kicks can leave for openings if Roy Vall is intelligent enough to grab a leg, take him down. Um, not to say Kai Car France is a slouch on the ground because he's not. Um, he does have submissions in his in his uh, submission wins in his uh, in his record. I just think that's that's gonna be that's gonna be the advantage that um, Brandon Royval has is is if if you do have one, it's gonna be take him to the ground and and show your submission game, and hope that uh, um, Kai Car France leaves a, an opening or leaves his neck open or something like that. I I could see the the fight playing out this way. Um, another way I could see it is Kai Car France uses those legs and that kind of like the distance to keep him at bay and just kind of pick him apart from 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 a distance but we'll see because kai car france is not a tall guy too he's a small small guy i don't know I, I just hope brandon does well he was such a nice guy that was the other part like he's just like a likable dude like I, I, in addition to to being a good instructor it was just like enjoyable to go to his classes so um i don't know i'm just just wishing the best for him uh and then in the the coming event uh, we've got the the uncrowned champion of the light heavyweight division, the, the John Jones Slayer, uh, Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes against Jan Blakovitz. Uh Dom's record is twelve and one. He's ranked number one. He should have again what Aaron was saying. He should have been the champ. I think a lot of people feel that he beat John Jones. John Jones got kind of the judges' favor. Um, Fucking peace out. Twelve and one record. His only loss to John Jones. Of those 12 wins, seven of them have been knockouts or TKOs. 
Um, three of three of those seven were in the UFC, and he's also got two submission wins. Do, do, you, do you think do you think uh, there's a possibility I could find employ as a hype man for Dominic Reyes because he's not he's not great at uh, at hyping himself up. Um, and I was like, I was like, man, because just when I was I was giving that little intro, I started to you know like like uh, either like one of those like managers from like pro wrestling or just like a rap hype man, like he's coming out. I'm like, here he comes, Dominic Reyes, the John Jones Slayer, the the Titan of the questionable hairline, the un, undefeated, undisputed, unstoppable king of the light heavyweight division. Dominic Reyes. So I think y- I think you have I think you have the uh, I think yeah you have the uh, the the the, um, the repertoire to do it. You have you have enough you have the skill set to do it. Okay. I don't know if he would take sure. you up on the offer. Um, a couple re- a couple reasons. Why is that? Um, he's from Victorville, California, which is about an hour and a half north of here of, of Greater LA. Victorville is kind of the middle uh-huh. of nowhere BFE. It's like on. It's like if you were leaving the Whittier to go to Vegas, it's like on the way, kind of a thing. So it's in the middle of the desert somewhere. Um, the people uh-huh. out there are cut from a different cloth. Um, what, what type of cloth is that? Oh, stop it! It's kind of just more, more laid back, more rural, more like uh, closed, closed off to, um, to to allowing people in. And as as a matter of fact, he said as much. Um, in the uh, in leading up to this fight, they did the post or the pre-fight media stuff. Uh, I don't know if it was yesterday or this morning. I watched um, I watched Dominic Reyes' interview with the media, and he said as much that leading up to this fight, in addition to the whole COVID thing being like a complication and getting the right training partners, there was also a little bit of like hesitation on his behalf and his camp's behalf, like. Okay, everyone's looking at me. They 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 know I'm the champ. Uh it's hard to find trading partners that I can trust that A either don't want to hurt me or B don't want to like pick apart things in my in my arsenal, my skill set to eventually come and beat me. So he's 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 kind of Yeah, or 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 C aren't like jackasses just going about life as normal and are going to get him infected and have to make him pull out of the fight. He, he so he mentioned those things. At the, during the, the interview and I just don't think he's gonna I think I think all that tells a tale of him being a little reluctant to let people in especially like a strange so like in your case a strange complete fucking strange guy saying hey dude I want to do your uh, I, wait whoa, whoa, whoa what do you what do you mean a complete strange guy I'm only like a 90% strange guy there's like a 10% that we could we could sure. connect and bond S- on strange to him strange to him um Except, except here, here's the thing. This is this is one one thing where I always sort of wondered about. I I am familiar where where Victorville is, and you know the, the, his demeanor, like the kind of way he he carries himself. I was like, yeah, that fits. How the fuck did he end up at Stony Brook University? Do you know you know where Stony Brook is? No idea. That is like heart of Long Island, fucking. And you, I'm trying to think. Like you, you know, like Gian Volante. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's like when you think like Stony Brook, like think like Gian Vellante. Yeah. How like that's what he was. Sur- Gian Vellante is not an aberration. Gian Vellante is much closer to the norm of what you would find in the athletics department at Stony Brook. How the hell did Dominic Reyes function in I that environment? I think I know the answer, but I'm not sure. And I think it had to do with his football background, where he was, 
you know, right. trying for uh, collegiate athletics, and he was like a big, tall, fast, yeah. strong, heavy hitting right. safety. So, but why? Why? St- yes, he went there to play football. Why Stony Brook? I think he explained it in some interview, but man, it's been a long time since I've heard that interview, so I couldn't. My, the, the details are hazy. Um, the details are very hazy. I, I, I don't remember exactly, but it had it had to do with athletics. I, I'm pretty sure it had to do with athletics. Um, and again, why Stony Brook? I don't yes, know. Yes, again, football. Yeah. Um, let me, we'll go back to talking about Dominic more if you want to, but I just kind of want to go over the stats with Jan Blakovitz as well. He's ranked. Oh yes. Stats. He's, uh, he's ranked. We need that. I'm sorry. Did you oh, real, real, real quick, Rick pause. Anyway, you know, everyone listening, I apologize that I delayed you having to, you know, getting to hear the stats. My, mia culpa. I feel terrible. Continue. I'll tell you, okay. So, so I'll have, you know, young man, um, that a couple of our listeners aren't as, you know, for example, Greg Davison, Christian Barron, they aren't they're, they don't know as much. Ooh, shout out from Armando they, on the podcast, Lucky Boys. Go, go on. Greg, Greg at least <laughs> has said as much that, like, you know what? I don't follow MMA the way you guys do, but hearing you guys talking about them and breaking down the stats and all this bullshit helps me understand what what is at stake. So that if they do get to watch the fights, they kind of have an, a rough idea as to what the guys do, what they're. You know, it's it's kind of just it's breaking it down for the layman. If we do have guys that listen to us that don't follow MMA, um, I think they appreciate the the stats and the stuff that that um, like they're, 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 for us, for you and I, they like we don't give a fuck about stats. We already know who 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 these guys are. But to all these other guys, it kind of helps paint a picture. Um, so there you go. Uh, Jan Blachowicz. Ranked number three in the light heavyweight division. Record is 26 and 8. He's got a total of seven knockouts or TKOs. Three of those seven were in the UFC. He's also got 10 submissions. Two of those submissions were in the UFC. His losses in the UFC, though, are one loss to Tiago Santos by TKO and four losses by decision to guys like uh, Cummins, Gustafson, Corey Anderson, and Jamie Manoa. So those are. All five of those losses, they're not slouches. They're like they're big name um, contenders in that light heavyweight division. Especially Patrick Cummins. That's the only one. That's the only one that's like, what the fuck? You lost to that guy? Uh, hey, no. what do you, you know? Stop it. You're saying it tongue in cheek. You know, and I know that Patrick Cummins is not. <laughs> he's not top five in the in that division. He's he's maybe gatekeeper, maybe fifteen, somewhere in thereabouts. Uh, yeah, Pat- Patrick Cummins was, was a, a good a good wrestler with a, a really really extraordinary mustache, um, but also not a, a fast twitch muscle yeah. guy, and uh, just had no answer. If you just wanted to punch him in the face, he was he was gonna get hit in the face. That was his. Uh, he had a missing <laughs> tooth too, <laughs> in front of his grill. Yeah, well, he's got he's got um, some sort of like dental orthotic to replace it, and then on Tuesdays he takes it out and he calls it No Tuesdays. He he was a generally uh, entertaining guy out of the octagon and in the octagon. It was him trying to wrestle while getting punched in the face, and uh, that was yes, that was not a great law. Lo- uh, that was a pretty bad loss for for Blakovich, but he's gotten much better at grappling since then. He's gone on a, a nice streak of, of victories. Uh, you know, with the exception of, of running into the fucking tornado that is Tiago Santos. Mahetta. Like that that Mahetta, happens. Which means uh, the, hammer the hammer in Portuguese. 
Uh, Blahovitz is a plus 230 dog. Uh, Dominic Reyes is minus 300 favorite for those betters out there. Yeesh. I okay. think I think that should be. I think the I think um, Dominic Reyes is actually on paper on paper a much bigger favorite than that. I think he should be more of like a five to six hundred and Blachowicz. I think the plus two thirty is about accurate. Well, so it's a little tricky, right? Because because this is going to primarily be a striking match. That's that's what we got to assume. Yeah. Um, the dynamic of is it like they both have some wrestling ability, like Dominic Reyes wrestled in. High school, but their 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 go to the way that 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 each of them approaches a fight is, is as a striker. Blakovich is a much much more experienced striker. I think he's got some more levels to his game. He he's um he's probably a little bit more accomplished of a, a counter puncher. You know, meaning that he can he can. Read his opponent. He can avoid a strike and, and hit them, um, you know, on the rebound. But the difference is Dominic Reyes really is just, especially for UFC at, at, at this uh, weight class. He he's just a plus level athlete. Like Dominic Reyes is as fast and quick as guys in the 155 pound division. 155. Um, and you just you mean 205? Yeah. No, I mean, no, no, no. I'm saying Domin- Dominic Reyes. Oh, you mean he's ass fist fighting uh, in the 200 pound. Uh, 205 pound division is as quick and fast as the fighters in the 155 pound division. Uh, And, and no, he can't, he can't keep that. So the, the, the the big difference is the 155 pound fighters can do that for five rounds where, as I think Reyes has maybe like two and a half, three rounds at that pace. But that's just a lot to contend with. I mean, athletic ability can be a big equalizer, and it's not like he, he's a slouch. Uh, Reyes is not a slouch either. He's been developing his game. So it, it's it's tricky. I mean, this is, I think, um, in in the Royville match uh, and, and this match, and it's actually an interesting dynamic uh, that, well, my, my, let's, let's back that up. It is actually an interesting dynamic where they did it. Good job, me. Um, you rented like five words and, and you just put five words and made them all into one there. Yeah. Tr- trademark pending. But, um, in, in all three of these matches, there's this element of it's going to be skill versus athletic ability right. to some extent. Um, I mean, if, if Roy Vall is going to win, uh, it's really is going to come down to skill and, and jujitsu. Uh, in this match, I mean, I, I don't think there's as big of a skill gap, uh, perhaps as in, in some of the other ones, but it's the, I'd say that the advantage in the skill is for, for Blakovich, the, ex- the advantage for uh, athletic ability, certainly, certainly for Reyes. Um, and it's just, that's, that's, Man, that's something that, that uh, you always – there's always this constant battle in martial arts between athletic ability and skill. Did I, did I ever tell you about the the Russian uh, in the, the judo class named Jamal? Yeah, you, we had a whole episode about that, how I thought he was uh, of a different skin tone. <laughs> yeah, Jamal oh, – that's that's the part, that, that same in the freaking judo thing. So I, I do remember talking about it now. The, all the, the, the instructors, it's, oh, it's strength – Strength is always going to lose to skill. It's the gentle way. You you've got to t- technique over over power. And I was like, okay, all right, like, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to pick up what you're putting down. And fucking Jamal the Russian shows up. He's like, what? Strength most important. In Russia, we pick up 90 kilo sandbags with our hands like this. Ugh. We smash. He didn't say that, but I'm filling that in. This, he said everything except their we smash. I think the I think the I think this a new yeah. development in the Russian lingo. Yeah, it seems like all of them are using that terminology. That smash. I smash him. I like how Yeah, well that's that's what he fucking did. That was that was how Jamal operated too. So it, it it's it like I said, not not just in my my experience with judo, but like you always see that sort of tension between skill and technique and it's funny because you you usually see guys who are not great athletes advance a little bit faster in technique because they fucking have to and then you, you some guys who are, who are a little bit more athletically inclined they find like the you know two three things that really work for them and and figure out how to use their athletic ability to, to implement it so it's um i don't know how do you how do you see this going down so that's what i was going to say is let's i would i, I would i wanted to break down all three fights separately and at the end, you and I each gave our picks for those three fights. If you want to do that, oh, okay, that's um, fine. Because I do have, I do, I already know who I'm taking for all three of those fights. But I, I figured we could do that at the end when we wrap up 253. Um, oh, okay. Yeah the uh, the main event, the the main event, the much anticipated, uh, much much anticipated. I think it's getting. I don't know. It, it feels to to me. It feels like it's not getting as much hype as it deserves. Do you feel that way? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't been paying attention to the promotion quite as much. I mean, they're they're certainly not promoting it like a a, a tier one fight, you know, like a Conor McGregor right. fight or when That's Rousey I mean. was around. Like, it's not getting. But it seems like they don't put that much promotion into any one fight at at this point. Like the the UFC okay. doesn't. But so I, I think I don't know. I, I think as far as fight goes. As far as fights goes, I kind of wish it did have a little more hype going on behind it. Again, you mentioned Conor McGregor. Had Conor McGregor been on this card, you would have heard about this fucking little McNugget left, right, and center. But, I mean, the implications of this fight, the main event, uh, that we got the champion, Israel Adesanya, the, known as the style bender, who's undefeated at 19-0 and 0, uh, with wins, uh, with three TKO or KO wins in the UFC, uh, 14 TKO wins total. 14 of his 19 wins have been by a stoppage of some sort, by standing up and, you know, kick, kicking these dudes, punching these dudes in the face so much where they give up. Um, he's also got some decision wins as well against Yoel Romero, who's no slouch, hard to knock out. Kelvin Gastelum, Anderson Silva, Brad Tavares, and Marvin Vittori. So he's, I mean, 19 and 0 is pretty impressive, especially if he can finish 14 guys standing up. Uh, Paula Costa, though, number two ranked in the weight class, is also undefeated, 13-0. 11 TKO KO wins total, four of those in the UFC, four of those 11 in the UFC. And he's also got one submission uh, to his name, uh, one submission victory to his name. Um, And he's also got one decision win to Yoel. So they both went against Yoel. They went yard, they went distance with Yoel Romero. Um, but you got this, you got these two guys that are like on paper, stand and bang there. I don't, I don't think either of these guys want to go to the ground. I understand what you're saying. No, neither one of them wants to take it to the ground. Uh, Israel Asanya is definitely not stand and bang. That's, that is not his MO 
in the slightest. Well, he's also run run away. Run away if he feels. I think if he feels like he's got a legitimate threat in front of him, he's gonna use distance and run away a little bit. Well, reg- regardless, like he there, there's no fighter where he just wants to stand there and trade punches. That's what stand and bag means. Well, he uh, tried with with he tried with Gasolum, kind of. He he did not try. Gasolum successfully forced that issue. Um, but that was that's that's not how. Uh, <laughs> that, I guarantee you, that's not how Adesanya necessarily wanted to win that fight. He's like, okay, um, this is this is what's happening. Like, and and that's one of the things that's become somewhat infamous in, in MMA lore is you can there was a close up of Adesanya going into the fifth and final round, and he he mouths the words like, "I'm ready right. to die," and then goes into the fifth round. And I was like, "Oh my god, he was ready!" You know, that's that's. Um, the, the just bleed MMA fans like yeah. they get the little little baby erections pop up. They're like, oh, he said he's gonna die. Oh. Um, th- that's that's what they sound like in my yeah. head anyway. Um, but w- we were just talking about that that uh, athletic ability versus technique dynamic, and like Adesanya is like firmly, firmly on on the right. side of technique. Like he 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 would like to hit and not be hit if at all possible. Tall order against freaking uh, Incredible Hulk Ricky Martin. Borrachinha, which means the eraser in uh, in uh, Portuguese. Um, Paula Costa probably wants to press the issue and get up close so he doesn't give Izzy that distance. And Izzy's pretty good at backpedaling, circling away, finding his distance. Um, well, th- that's the that's actually the important part. Ba- backpedaling is just going to get you in a world of trouble against Costa. You can't do that. He's going to char- He's going to keep charging forward, and there's a big difference between backpedaling, and that's what a lot of fighters do. And the problem is, there well, there's two problems. First, you can't back up as fast as they can come forward. That's just not how our bodies are designed. And two, uh, you're gonna run. You're gonna run into a fence eventually. So like. That's back backing up can get you out of the way of one, maybe two punches. But if there's a constant onslaught, you're going to get yourself in trouble. The thing that a lot of fighters struggle with, which is surprising to me, but is moving laterally. So if they're coming straight at you and then you're going to the side, you get that little matador with a, a, a charging bull dynamic going on. And, you know, charging bull comes straight forward, matador sidesteps. You never saw a matador try to back up when the bull's charging at it. No, they move to the side and then they, they stab him with their little matador sword. That's not an innuendo. Come down. <laughs> Olé. So you think this is a, 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 a matador against a raging bull type of fight? And it's going to be a matter of yes. It's I going mean, to be a matter of can the matador uh, circle away laterally in time and then kind of hit him from 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 a distance, pick him apart, or is the bull going to gore him? Is the bull going to come and just fuck you, horn up your so butt? I I heard <laughs> that that uh, Costa said he was not going to press forward as much. Where I'm like, that that's not. One, that's a terrible idea. If he tries to fight at range, he's just going to yeah. get pieced up. Um, but really what it comes down to is it's, it is that dynamic. And I, I mean, I would I would assume for – it's certainly the first round, maybe probably even the first couple rounds, that Adesanya will be decisively winning. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if you remember, like, Costa hasn't fought a lot of um, big names. Like, he is uh, – his first – 
USC fights were, I mean, it was uh, Gareth McClellan. I don't know yeah. who that is. It was Alawale Bambose. That's the Holy War Angel. Uh, Alawale Bambose has yeah. like arms that reach down to the fucking, like he could be standing up and his hands dragged to the ground. Like he's got big long arms. He's not, uh, he, he, he was an interesting character. He was not a top tier fighter or a second tier fighter well, or a third tier fighter. Maybe he was third. that, he was that like dominant, like strong, uh, he, the fuerte fourth I, No, I think tier. he's third. I'll give him credit. I think he was a third tier fighter. Okay, um, and then and then uh, Costa fought the 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 chubby ghost of Johnny Hendricks. Oh, the sad yeah. chubby ghost of Johnny Hendricks. That was visually so so. Just to, if if you guys are, again aren't familiar with with the dynamics, Johnny Hendricks was was a a, a champion at 170 pounds, a mm-hmm. short lived champion. Uh, and he was not. He's not big. He's listed at five nine. I. I I would be shocked if that guy's taller than five foot eight. Right. Um, More of a wrestler, but could knock people out. Yeah, I mean, he had a big, a big left hand, um, but just a little, little, a little, a little tank of a man, though. And somehow, with that, I mean, I, I, I'm guessing due to a, a really, a really strong love of barbecue. Here's um, what happened. Here's what happened with Johnny Hendricks. It was the barbecue. Well, hold on. I'm, 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 uh, okay, sorry. Go ahead. Because I, I, I thought you were going to skip the, ahead. It was, for Johnny Hendricks, it was the he when he won his championship, he bought himself a barbecue restaurant, and yes, he probably ate a lot more than he actually worked out. That was part of his issue. Another thing that probably fucked Johnny Hendricks is USADA. I oh, think yeah, that's what I was getting to. Jo- Johnny Hendricks for sure had been caught with a little of the uh, 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 Mexican juice, Mexican power juice, Mexican supplements. Um, yes. Sure, I forget. I forget how exactly Rogan words it, but yeah, Mexican supplements. That 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 is how he words it. Just just okay. the way I said it. I I understood the reference you said. I was like, I I understand where you're going with this. I will I will use the wording. Let's continue on. He was he was doing he was doing steroids and performance enhancers. Like just no no bones about it. It was like wow, he was really competitive, top tier. You saw the comes, and then there was this huge drop off, and he also couldn't make one seventy anymore. So, so you've got like little like pudgy, uh, non enhanced Johnny Hendricks going, going against fucking pol- polo. Has to, has to jump up weight class. Yeah, he went jumps up the weight class from one seventy where he was champ and goes to one eighty five where he doesn't have to. He can eat steak, and hopefully he still have re- retained his power. Going against uh, Paulo Costa, um, Johnny Hendricks is not the same. Not the same fighter. V- visually, it was mo- one of the most absurd mismatches ever. So, I, I really the way I look at it, like Paulo Costa has had like two. I shouldn't say legit. Every fight's legit, but he, he's he's had two fights against upper tier opponents. One was Yolo Romero. Like, look, if you beat Yolo Romero, particularly in that type of fight. Uh, that says a lot about you. You know, it sort of stamps your seal of approval. Um, but that doesn't tell us a lot about how the Adesanya matchup is yeah. going to go down. The closest one that would be similar, I think, is against Uriah Hall, um, where uh, where Costa stopped Uriah Hall in the second round. But I don't know if you remember that fight. Uriah Hall looked really, really good uh-huh. against Costa in, in the first round. Like, he won the first round, hands down, easily. The The problem is, again, with that that charging bull analogy, is like, if that bull charges again and again and again, you know, that pressure starts to get to you, you start to get a little bit tired, your reflexes start to get a little bit lower, 
And like eventually is, you know, that bull might clip you, particularly if, 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 you know, your, your, your bull dodging technique isn't the great greatest. If, if your, your, your little flag that they're, I guess it's a cape, the cape they hold up, you, you don't yank that away quite quick enough. And the bull's like, oh, I see where you are, motherfucker. And it, it catches you. And then it's like, well, can you get back up after, after you get hit? And are you the, are you the same fight you know person? Are you the same bullfighter? Are you gonna be able to keep keep dodging out of the way in uh, in um, what you call it? Uriah Hall's uh, situation? No. Once he, the first time he really got uh, you know speared by the bull, that was pretty much the beginning of the end, and he he just couldn't stand up to the pressure anymore. Uh, uh, Israel Adesanya definitely more skilled. Better bullfighter, more elusive, and we we've seen him, um, you know, against the Gastelum. Gastelum is a medium sized bull. Right. Actually, actually, Coastal hold on. Gastelum is, a, is, is actually is a actually, big bull. Gastelum was a one seventy pound guy too. If you don't, you know, so it's I wouldn't yeah. say me. He might actually be a on a. On the bulls size, he's probably in the smaller size of bulls in the one eighty five pound division. You, you you think he's a little bull? Yeah, I think he's a little bull. A Bolino? Bolino? I don't think that's the word, but I, I get you. Yeah. I just, no, it's not. I just made it up. Trademark. Uh, <laughs> Gastelum El Bolino. <laughs> we should come up with. I'm just, you know what? I'm just, I'm just managing all these fighters' careers in in, your, in my mind. In uh, your cerebro. In your in tu mente. Wait, in cerebro? You you think I'm Professor X just because I started shaving my head? Fuck you. No. Th- well, you you said in cerebro. In tu cerebro, in your brains. Oh, I thought you were talking about the giant helmet. No, I got the reference. I got the reference. I mean, you are sitting down in this nice, comfortable uh, uh, armoire. It's, it's it's not a it's not a wheelchair, but if I could get one of those, like Professor X has, that just moves around, then I I might I might just. You're stay right. In you there. have shaved your dome, so you you kind of fit. You kind of fit. By the way, sorry, quick stupid tangent. Stupid, stupid tangent. I don't follow wrestling anymore. No, no, we can't have those on this I don't, podcast. I don't Fuck you. I don't watch wrestling anymore at all. Like, I don't. I just, it's not. I'll watch it if somebody else is watching it and they're into it. Are you, are you talking about like WWE? Either one. WWE, WWF, WCW. I don't oh, know. I didn't. I didn't even know that there was a WWF. Still. I don't think okay, there is. Anyhow, I just continue. made that shit up. I think it's only WWE and there's another one called AEW if you want to get technical. Um, but. When I was a kid growing up, um, I did follow WWF back then. I, I, I used to watch yes. it all the time. My favorite wrestlers back then were like Ultimate Warrior, and, and there's a couple other favorites that I had. One of which I really used to like tag teams because they just that the like, the concept of tag teams back in the day was. Oh, El Muerte. What? El Muerte. Uh, I think I know what you mean, but it's Muerto. Sorry, Muerto. continue. Um, Muerto. Okay. One of my favorite. Tag team, uh, uh, tag teams back in the day was they were well they were first known as the Road Warriors. They eventually be, became the Legion of Doom in WWF. But it was uh, two guys named, and I think they even had a third guy at one point too. Uh, these guys' names were Animal and Hawk, I believe. <laughs> and, and they they wore these red and black like shoulder pad like football shoulder pads that they, they, they're yes with spikes on with them. like these giant black spikes on them and then they would do face paint it was they kind of they kind yeah. of leaned into the they, they were like like bad extras from uh mad max yes, road warrior exactly um well one of the guys just passed away last night r.i.p 
uh, I think the guy that passed away is Animal. Um, I, I, again, I'm not. I don't follow wrestling as I used to back in the day, but I remember just the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors were one of my favorite because of that kind of Mad Max post-apocalyptic thing that went on. I, I shit you not. This is not a lie. I'm not making it up just because the guy passed away. I was thinking about the we uh, last weekend we had family over. We were doing a little barbecue shindig, and we're talking about like, okay, what's the next little barbecue? What are, what's our next excuse for a barbecue or for a family gathering? And we talked about doing a Halloween thing. Oh, okay. are you going to do a wake for no. Animal? No, no. Listen, <laughs> we are going to do a Halloween theme and invite all the little kitties, like only family, right? We're not going to open up to the to the neighborhood, and have little Halloween bags while the adults get fucked up and eat good barbecue. But I was trying to figure out what I was going to wear for Halloween. The idea was everyone has to come dressed. Adults, kids, don't matter. Like, what fucking costume can I wear? So a week ago, I kid you not, this is not, this is coincidence. I thought, well, I could probably be one of the guys from the Road Warriors or Legion of Doom. I could be this guy, Animal. I already kind of, I don't know if you can notice. You probably don't because I'm wearing this headband. But I kind of have a a mohawk kind of rocking. I haven't shaved the sides in like three or four days. But... Being that I've I've not had a real job for a while, I've been shaving the sides and rocking this stupid mohawk just because I have I'm having fun with it. And I thought, well, my head's already shaved. I've got shoulder pads in my I've got full uh, full on football shoulder pads in my garage. I go, what? That's one possibility. I can be one of the guys from Legion of Doom. A week later, dude passes away. Fucking crazy. So you you think you killed him? No, I, I'm just, I'm. It's po- it's possible. Maybe. I I think we have to we have to keep that on the table of what might have killed him. Uh, maybe I don't so know. So just can <laughs> there are there any any like like politicians you want to dress up? <laughs> no, as? no, like, no, just... no. That would be funny. Though. No, another co- another. <laughs> you want you want to get a another costume idea? I had believe it or not. I, so last week as well, I was on this '80s movies binge, and I was just watching a bunch of stupid '80s movies. Um, and one of which was the Karate Kid. Um, I saw all four of them. Okay, you can you can dress up as Mr. Miyagi because he's already dead. But do do not fuck with Danny Lewis. No, so the two thousand that I was thinking of was either uh-huh. either the shower costume that Danny Larusso wears from Karate Kid One. You know when he goes to the dance. No. So I was. Ralph Macchio is a treasure. Don't, Don't kill. You, you're not allowed to kill. So Ralph that was Macchio. one of the two. The other. Uh, idea from Karate Kid that I thought about dressing up as was, you know, the Cobra Kai, how they wore the skeleton. Um, they wore like those hoodies and they dressed up in those skeleton yeah. onesies or whatever the fuck. So yeah. it was one of those two, either going to be one of the guys from the Cobra Kai or uh, the shower Ralph I, Macchio. I don't, I don't think anyone's going to figure out that that's Cobra Kai because they were in costume. Like it was just a skeleton costume. So it, it and no one's going to be like, oh, that's, that's like a very specific reference that isn't, you know, it was it was a costume sort of yeah. separate that they were but wearing. But it was the idea was it was for me. It wasn't really. I don't give a fuck if anyone gets the reference. So it's either going to be no. You need to you need to get like a like a red headband and a gi and the skeleton costume. That would be actually kind of dope. Red headband, gi, and a skeleton costume. Why would that make sense? Because then it would it would it would be clearly you would be you would be somebody from Cobra no. Kai, but you'd also have the wrong skeleton sir, costume wrong sir. Cobra Kai was yellow and black. I'm colorblind. Fuck okay, you. that's what you're. Don't don't <laughs> don't diminish me because of my disability. Sorry, but just I had to just just make it clear to you that yellow and black were Cobra Kai okay. colors, and uh, Karate Kid was what was it was it yellow and black or was it black and yellow? One or the other. Sure. <laughs> Stupid. 
Sorry for that tangent about Animal, R.I.P. Animal. Um, you were one of my favorite tag team, uh, tag teams. Um, but it, but it wasn't really a tangent because if if you think about it, it perfectly ties into this main event. Explain to them how. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, I was just gonna be shocked with the rest of of anyone listening if uh, if you somehow did actually like tie that right back in. It's like well, actually, Animal um, and Polo Costa. Had this, I don't know. I, 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 I can't think of it. It was although, something, you said, although, it was something really, you said that made me veer off into wrestling. I don't know what you said. But if if anyone currently in the UFC was going to be a pro wrestler, I think I think it would be like 1A, or 1 would be Polo Costa, 2, Francis Ngannou. And I think that's about it. Like, everybody else, they, they, they both, especially Costa, though, I mean, the, the, the line that, Israel Adesanya keeps using is that he's a, a, like an inflated balloon animal um, because his his biceps are about twice the size. If of you're his talking head. about physique wise, I can give you a couple others. I yeah. mean, there's a there's freaking Yoel Romero who's got like a, a body like kind of like this weird. Yeah, he's too small okay. though to be to be in the pro wrestling. He's a, he's a little little guy comparatively. He could be a tag team guy. I don't know. Okay. Anyhow. Yeah, anyhow. So now that we've gone over the three fights, um, you want to you want to go your you give your picks of the three or go one by one the the three fights we talked about. Um, yeah. I, I, again, I mean the, the the dynamic I'm looking at is you know skill versus athletic ability, technique versus athletic ability. Um, fucking god, it pain, it just pains me to. Pains me to say it, but in the Kaikar France Rival fight, I I gotta go with Kaikar France as a pick. Like I hope I'm wrong. I'm I'm rooting for Brandon Royval. I think, you know, with anyone who's got as as uh, I'm god goddamn I'm hedging hard here. Um but yeah, if I if, if you gun in my head who's the pick, uh it's I, I would say Kaikar France. Experience, athletic athletic ability. And the huge downfall of all jujitsu players is that they often have insufficient wrestling, and uh, it's it's doesn't do you a lick of good if you've got the most amazing jujitsu and submissions in the world. If you can't get the guy down to the ground to execute them, it does not matter. And uh, I, I I would give the nod to Kai yeah. The, I did have a three fight parlay on the three fights we're talking about. So I put five bucks to win like twenty five or whatever, and and on this fight, I did take Kai Kara France over Brendan Royval. Um, I I th- I think Kai Kara France has just enough gra- grappling BJJ acumen to not get submitted. I could be wrong, um, but I think his his leg kicks and his combinations are going to be just too much pressure for Royval to to deal with. So I've got the I've got the minus two forty favorite Kaikara France beating the plus one ninety underdog to Brendan Royval. Yeah, I mean, and then in the co-main, um, it's just no shot. I mean, you, you ha- I feel like you have to go with the champion, uh, the uncrowned yeah. king, the titan of the questionable hairline, Dominic. The, I, I keep I keep making that joke because like I remember when I saw Dominic Reyes's hair, I was like, 
I I personally identify with same, Dominic Reyes. Same right I now. met him, by the way. I um, met him uh, at a pre-fight UFC. I forget what UFC it was, and he was one of those guys that was just there taking pictures and autographing shit. And I met. I like Reyes. I, I like. I him just too. like the way he carries himself. However, I will give you this one one thing that might make you think otherwise. Of I like Dominic Reyes, but here's one thing that might make you think otherwise. So I talked to him. I chatted with him. It was super, super hot. It was like, it must have been 90 degrees out. And he was wearing this all white fucking like suit to do like a meet and greet uh-huh. with people. And my first, <laughs> my first instinct was this guy reminds me a lot of Eric Leiser. Like this big, tall, like, cause I talked to him shortly, like briefly. Um, he just uh-huh. had this air about him that made me kind of, I was like, it reminded me of Leiser. So you are you you saying that our beloved fraternity brother Eric Leiser is an unlikable individual? How dare you? How dare I, no, you? I think I think he's lo- I think he's lovable, um, to a certain degree. Like you could you like you could tolerate him to a degree, and after a while you're like, okay, this is too much. Mondo, Mondo, let me let me give you a hint. See, right now you're no, backpedaling. No, no. You you got to move you got to move laterally oh, and circle it. out. So, but yeah, I do agree. I do agree with you. Uh, Ray's is minus three hundred. Jan is plus two thirty. I also think Ray yeah, the, has the, the the skill gap. I think between them is a little bit smaller. Uh, I think small enough where at the athleticism really comes into play. Um, sure, sure, uh, Jan could catch him, but I, a, a great a great example was Luke Rockhold was actually doing very well against Blahovich when he was just working at range, and then uh, he he Luke. Was like I'm gonna just wrestle and overpower him, and Blakovich is like, "That's cool. I'm gonna punch you in the face, and you're unconscious." Yeah. Um, but but uh, Reyes has a similar height and build to Luke Rockhold, but he's way quicker, way more explosive, and if he just keeps it at range, yeah, that could be a, a just a tough problem for for you. I also to solve. think I uh, think by comparison, Rockhold's fight IQ. Sorry, Luke Rockhold. But I think his 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 overconfidence, his his conceited, the way he carries. You, you don't need a fight IQ when you're God's gift to the world, Armando. You don't understand I the think dynamic. That gets got in gets in Rockhold's way a lot. I think Reyes is a lot more of an intelligent fighter, and he knows he knows what he's got to do to beat Jan, and he's going to execute his game plan. He's not going to get overconfident in there, and he's in this. He's he wants this belt. He know he knows he knows he's the champ. He's the uncrowned like the uncrowned king, uncrowned champ. He knows he beat John Jones. This this should be a title defense, not a title match. Um, but yeah, I got Dominic Reyes beating him as well. Main event. Paula Costa. This is by far the hardest okay. one to call because um I f- I feel like that athletic to technique approach that that's where they're they're just the farthest on the the opposite ends of the spectrum i mean we talked about last week like the way adesanya is is taking shots against costa where it doesn't seem like he you know he's he's punching down is he's reminding everyone that costa is this huge muscly athletic freak and he's just a you know a skinny um skinny black dude and it's like you know, I, I I think that that dynamic. You really just have to think: is is Adesanya going to be able to play the Matador game 
well enough where when he gets clipped, it's 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 uh, small enough where he can recover and is going to be able to do that for five rounds. It seems like he will have a difficult time getting a finish. I mean, Polo Costa took just some horrific punches from Yoel Romero. Like, like you, you, some of those punches you, Romero landed, you're like, well, that would have killed yeah, a horse. Yeah. Um, like, it, it would have killed... It would have it would have killed a horse. Alistair Overman would have been in the background. He would have walked over. He's like, oh, dinner out. That's very good. Thank you, Polo Costa. Looks, you know, look, he's like, you going to eat that? <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, that was, that, was a, that was a good but very specific joke that only uh, works if you're an MMA nerd and you just know all these backstories. But anyhow, I, I'm, I'm really torn. I... I, I I am going to I am going to make a pick for Adesanya. I think I think it is Adesanya's fight to lose. It's a question of whether or not he wilts under the pressure and has um, some answers for when he does get because Costa is going to land on him at some point. Yeah. Um, I think it's Adesanya's fight to lose, and he's the champion. He he's made it through some incredibly difficult fights already. And if it's his fight to lose, then I'm going to bet on him. So here's where I, uh, on my three-fight parlay, I said, if I'm going to make money, I got to take take at least one underdog. And, uh, again, it's pretty it's pretty hard to pick this fight, even though Adesanya is a big favorite or a, a slight favorite, a good enough favorite. Yeah. Um, I was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I don't like Adesanya's kind of his... his his attitude is cockiness. So that's that that that. Hold on. You, you don't like the way he promotes fights. Promotes himself, not so much the fights, but promotes himself. That was just enough to make up my mind. Like just that. That's again. That's me. That's 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 not smart. No, that's that's a completely logical and valid reason to choose who's going to win. That was just it. enough for me to say, you know what? Fuck this. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna root for Costa. Um. Costa's here. Here, so breaking down the dynamics of that though, like Costa is uh, usually a early round finisher. He's not been in a five round like a a, a a longer fight, a longer drawn out fight. No, he was in a three round war with Romero and did not slow down right. one bit though, which was fucking Agreed. crazy. But also, Romero's not one of those guys that Romero's a guy that comes to you in bursts of pressure. He's not a guy that keeps yes. it on you the whole three rounds. Adesanya has right. the skill set to, again, kind of, kind of play chicken, kind of play matador, kind of keep it at distance. Yeah, it's it's going to be if if he's able to finish Costa, it will be the death by a thousand cuts. It's not going to be yes. Uh, it's going to be the later punch. rounds. Um, here's the thing, though, is also for Adesanya. When it does go in the later rounds, he's not that good of a finisher as well. I'm not saying he doesn't have later later round, fourth and fifth round finishes. I'm saying he's also like an early finisher or a goes to decision. Or I mean okay, let, let me let me let me help you out. I understand the point you're trying to make. Uh not the greatest example because he he all but finished Kevin Gastelum at the very end of the fifth round. Gastelum was saved by the bell. The the Thing if I was if I was to pick Costa, that I would be um, the most high and that I would really point to is 
unlike most big uh, punchers in UFC, Costa is more than willing to go to the body. Most of the time when you see big, big, powerful guys like Costa, they just are chasing that, yeah, headhunting. They want that big fucking knockout. Oh, I'm going to not, you know, knock his block off. Terrible idea against Adesanya. Adesanya's got great head movement, very good defensively. He's going to make you miss and then return fire. Like, that's that's not a great plan of attack. But, man, if if Costa is able to get to Adesanya's body, which which it's just much harder to get your midsection out of the way than it is to get your head out of the way. That's gonna slow Adesanya down. That's gonna open up some of the headshots. Like it's it's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot harder to play bull and matador if the the bulls gotten you in the gut a couple times and you're sucking wind and you're you're um, you're just not able to move as fast because your fucking stomach feels like it got caved in. Like so that so that that is one of the things that that. Costa does differently, and you know, a, a Gaslam way faster hands, way quicker than Costa, but he was mostly going for right. the head. Did not throw a lot of body shots, and that I think could could uh, decidedly swing the tide in Costa's favor if he's able to land some big body shots. And no, I was gonna say, here's another intangible thing that um, I thought about this before I placed my little bet. Um, I'm forgetting the guy's name, uh, but Paula Costa has been training with the same head coach that um, Henry Cejudo has, was training at. Captain Eric yeah, Albarasim. Captain America. Captain the guy America. With the little funky looking glasses. Um, I will give you this: as as much of an annoying little shit Eric Albarasim is, he's also a pretty good strategist. He's not. Yes, I mean he 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 was able to turn around Henry Cejudo, Cejudo's game from kind of being a, a one-dimensional wrestler into kind of this, you know he had a, he changed his stance around a little bit and he opened up his game a lot more, made him a little bit more of a striker. He did some things that made Henry Cejudo the complete MMA fighter that he was towards the latter end of his career when he won his championship. Well, well, and and to to back up what you're saying, it's not even just there 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 are some camps and coaches where it's like, "Oh, they have a great game plan," but it's it's sort of like a one size fits all. Like it's really the same game plan, not to harp on mm-hmm. Jackson Wink right. again. There would be an example. It's always the same general right. game plan. Um and you know, in the right matchup, it looks like fucking absolute genius because right matchup or with the right athlete. But in Suhudo's uh, in Suhudo's um, t- uh, example, like he he had drastically different yeah. game plans against in different fights. In uh, um, when he fought Dominic Cruz, he was just going to go to the body a bunch and fuck mm-hmm. up his legs, you know, until he could finish in. Uh, when he when he fought uh, the the younger Pettis Sergio Pettis, he was like, "No, we're f- fuck all this. We're just gonna wrestle him and not even engage yeah. in any of this. Like that's fine." And then, um, that that sort of of variability could could prove interesting. I think that would be a bad idea if they try to play a strategy game against Adesanya. I, I think that would work against Costa. That's where I. That's where you and I are going to disagree. I think. I think uh, having that coach in his corner is going to be an advantage for Costa. Should he get in trouble at some point or whatever, I think that guy's a good enough coach trainer um, to have a plan B, plan C, and 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 change the the game plan up 
a bit just enough for Costa if he gets in trouble. If he does, if he's not able to take him out in the first two rounds, I think when it goes to the later rounds, that that kind of good coaching um, mind will help him kind of adjust the game or adjust the fight de uh, depending on what happens earlier in the first and second round. Just 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 purely uh, on an intellectual level, who who would you guess is smarter, Polo Costa or Idr Israel Adesanya? Smarter fighter or smarter person? Both. Huh. This is not that hard. You don't have to think about think this one hard. This this was this was a gimmick. Okay, I guess Costa's I mean sorry, I guess the, I guess Izzy but see, we talked about we talked about Izzy's like um, his his media and all the stuff he's been doing. I, I think there's other people behind the scenes that are helping Izzy. Uh -huh. I don't think it's all Izzy. I think in I think uh -huh. in fight Izzy's a great. You're over, you're overthinking no, this. No, I'm explaining myself. I think <laughs> in fight Izzy's a much more intelligent guy than Costa. I think outside the cage stuff. Yeah. I think Izzy's got a, a camp around him, people that kind of make him. A better, more intelligent guy. Nah, that's so. So all that stuff we're talking about, none none of the other city kickboxing guys are doing that. Like that's 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 all out of Sonya. Is he? He's not coming up with it himself, but he's he's managing that whole approach. Like they, I mean, they've got they have another champion. Um, you don't you don't see him <laughs> doing any of that. He's he's the oh whoever the UFC wants me to fight. Who's it's 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 business as usual. But that's just those um, are personalities. I mean you can't you can't make a, a, a but 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 my honor, my honor, you get you're getting distracted. Let, let me let me I I, I phrase that as a question because I'm like this is such a freaking simple answer. There's no way we could go on you. a tangent it, about it, that. Little did I know it is deeper for me. It is it is anyone who's seen Costa fight and Adesanya fight, it's obvious that Adesanya is a more cerebral fighter. He makes a lot more adjustments. He has a lot more experience making mid-fight adjustments when he has to. Um, and regardless of how good Captain Eric is, if they're trying to play, if they're trying to adju make adjustments, especially mid-fight, even I think before the fight, that's going to take away from Costa doing what Costa does best you want costa being the bull putting pressure on him you don't you don't want to get into a chess match with a, a freaking chess master okay again that's why that's why we pick differently for this fight that's why look 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 let, let me let me this this is a great analogy you want costa playing hungry hungry hippos you don't want him playing chess <laughs> sure that's that's Costa's game. You fucking you, he's he, Costa's got the hippo. He's gonna fucking button mash, and and he's and if he get you know, that's that that's his game. If it's like well, you know we can go bishop to to a seven because that three moves down that's gonna set up no no Costa's Costa is fucking head I, is I've gonna seen, explode. Is he take enough damage in those longer drawn out wars? You said so yourself, right? He's gonna get hit against. Well, he's, he's going to get hit. Sure. He's going to get hit. He mm -hmm. gets hit with, you know, all those big fights, all those big fighters. He gets tagged here and there. He's going to get hit. You just gassed him. He's going to get hit. Uh, Costa will... You all didn't touch Costa him. Costa will, uh, will touch him. Whitaker didn't touch him. Yeah, Brunson no, didn't no, touch no. Him. A couple of those guys did. I'm sure they did. There's a couple no. of guys. I'm sure. I just, I just. Yeah, I was just. It was just Gaston. Uh, I, I think he's gonna get hit. You said so yourself. He's gonna get touched. Probably. Um, w w is he gonna take that? Is he gonna get 
hit in the right spot to put his lights out. I hope so. Um, I hope he walks away with lots of damage to his face. I think it's going to happen. What are you doing with the paper nail cutter on your face? I, I don't know. I Sorry, I'll put Aaron that Aaron had a nail clipper, and he was like, it looked like he was clipping his chin hairs with, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Uh, I don't know what I was doing either. I was I was deep in thought I, I, I about think I, I'm, again, this matchup. I, I, you know what? At, at this point, I think we, we, we've... Uh, we've Beating a, a, a sure. dead horse or maybe a dead bull. Sure. Um, so uh, that's that's why that's why you watch MMA. You can break it down as much as you want. You, there could be two fighters that you've seen a ton of film on, and you still don't know exactly what's going to happen. And oftentimes, despite every scenario you thought of, something that defies logic happens, and you're like, "Holy shit! I just saw that in in a." In a, in a 25-foot octagon um, in, in a fucking fistfight between two men go down. I could never have imagined that in a thousand I, years. I, again, I, I bet I bet for Costa to win, but it's either going to be Costa early rounds win by a stoppage or, or Izzy's decision. Okay, all right, moving on. What's- <laughs> I, was just, I was just trying to move on. I was like, we, 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 we've... We've stated our, our, our cases. We, 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 we've broken it down and think about it as far as, as, as we can. Sure. Um, that's that's UFC 253. I, if I thought about it, I didn't realize we were going to have that big of a. I don't even know if it's a disagreement because I wouldn't not even slightly be shocked. Like I just told you, like all the things that are they're working in Costa's favor, but I hadn't thought of a bet for that fight uh, ahead of time. I had to make my three my three um, fight parlay juicy, and that was the one I was most of those three. That was the juiciest underdog to take. Yeah, well, that's the one that makes sense because I mean I I. I I, I almost think that the matchup is in Costa's advantage, but I think it's predicated on what Adesanya does, not what Costa does, if that makes sense. We'll see. We'll see Saturday. We'll see Saturday, September 26th, 4 p.m. Yeah, let's move 4 on. 4 p.m. fight pass prelims, 5, p- 5 p.m. prelims, 7 p.m. main event. We, we got... We got a little, a little bit too in the weeds on this fight. Sure. Was, was there, was there anything else that you wanted to discuss in this week's episode? Uh, you know, my Chargers went uh, were one and zero before this weekend, and then they played against the Kansas City Chiefs. And um, before the matchup, our head coach Anthony Anthony Lynn was headstrong that Tyrod Taylor was going to continue to be our quarterback going into week two against the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, this offensive, high-powered guy. and I know that guy's name. And uh, the football gods used his used their def- divine intervention. In, in, uh, we just found out today that the, the doctor to Tyrod Taylor's treatment was trying to give some kind of like cortisone or some kind of pain shot to Tyrod Taylor's ribs. Yeah, for a bro. So, so fucking God, he shouldn't have been playing with a broken rib in the first place. Well, I think he, he injured it uh, last week. I guess, I guess Tyrod Taylor injured it last week in pregame warmups um, going up against Joey Bosa. So he had, he had hurt his rib last week and then played last week. His offensive output wasn't that impressive. Um, yeah, but. But, but hold, hold on, you're, you're skipping the lead here. Like, w- it was a broken rib, correct? I something like that. Some something with ribs. I don't know if it's broken or bruised or yeah, but it was ribs. Ribs related. It, 
No, but but it's a it's a big difference because if it was a broken rib, we we know the the rib was at the level like the level of his lungs, right? Mm-hmm. It was one of the ribs that's there to protect his lungs. Okay. So and that was the issue. He, he you know he he missed what he was injecting. The needle went in a little bit too far, and it put a very thin puncture in the lungs. Yes. If the rib was already broken, if the structure of the rib is compromised, and he gets hit, and the rib fractures further. Instead of having a really thin needle puncturing the lung, you might have a fucking rib puncturing his lung. I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah. So again, I don't know if it was football. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Is I don't know if it was broken or bruised or it was a rib injury. I don't recall what it was. Going into week two, he had this rib injury, and Anthony, Anthony I can't deal with football Anthony anymore. Anthony Lynn was hell bent that Tyrod Taylor's the man. He's gonna start again. The football gods had it so that this the Chargers doctor. Um, accidentally uh, went a little deeper than he should have and punctured Tyrod Taylor. So it was literally, it was literally right before yeah, kickoff. He, he, that he had a cra- he had a crack rib. What the what the fuck? Yeah. Like what what are you guys doing? Okay, so um, <laughs> yeah, football's so stupid. Uh, so uh, Tyrod's lung was punctured, unbeknownst until today, what had actually happened. But it was enough pain and it was en- enough aggravation where they're like, you know, Tyrod's not gonna. I think at a certain point he was still questionable to return for the game, but they decided to put Justin Herbert in a rookie. Um, Anthony Lynn had been hell bent that Tyrod Taylor is a man. He's a man. He's a man. Herbert's not ready. Game time decision, like literally kickoff decision. It was like, fuck. Okay, Herbert's got to go in. Herbert did, did really well. Um, I think probably in part because the Kansas City Chiefs were game planning against Tyrod Taylor and weren't planning against Justin Herbert's play style. Tyrod Taylor's more of like a run, pass option, kind of a running quarterback that can throw. Whereas Justin Herbert is more of a straight passer that can that can scramble. Um Herbert did actually very well for it being his first career start in the NFL, second week. Um, he had a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, about 300 and some odd passing yards. His only mistake was a like red zone interception. But all in all, I'm still happy with his performance. Uh, going up against the high-powered Chiefs, our defense did well enough. In fact, I'd want to bet against Hal Labor, one of our other brothers, shout out. I told Hal that our defense is so good this year that the Kansas City offense will not put up more than 28 points. Don't fall asleep, asshole. So I bet Hal that our defense was going to hold Kansas City offense to 28 points or less. Shut up. You asked me if there's anything else I wanted to talk about, and here I am. And true true to form, our defense did keep Kansas City offense to, I think, only 16 points or 17, 20. I don't remember what it was. But we still lost. Um, week three, I forget who the – I think we're playing Carolina Panthers. Um, so it'll be second week for Herbert starting. Go Chargers, bolt up, suck my balls, all you other non-LA Chargers fans. That's the only thing I want to talk about. Got Did it. you want to talk about anything who, else? Who, who's the Eagles quarterback now? Uh Shit. I could have given you the answer like a week ago because I was talking shit about him. Fuck. Whoever, whoever, whoever it was, I had had taken the Eagles to beat um, whatever team they were matched up against, and their quarterback was the reason they totally fucking threw that game away. God damn it! Why am I forgetting his name? Again, I don't play fantasy football, so I don't follow uh, players and stats and all that shit like the way I used to. 
I really only follow my team and the teams that we're going to play against and kind of look at the matchups that way. But, yeah, the quarterback fucked the uh, Eagles last week. Nah, that's that's fine. I, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't know much about uh, football at this point, other than having the mindset of a, a genius coordinator. Oh, Jesus, um, I can't, I don't, I don't. Literally, you're t- you're talking about these players. I'm like, oh, I've heard Patrick Mahomes' name. I don't think I've ever actually seen him. Patrick play. Mahomes is the highest, uh, highest played player in the NFL right now, I believe. Yeah, that's why I've heard his name. Um. He's only in his like second or third year, something like that. So he's kind of a youngish guy, but he's he's super talented. Um, I mean, you you would think, right? If he's the, it'd be really awkward if they're like, "All right, we're gonna make you the highest paid player in the NFL. We know you're only a backup punter, uh, and you've got some really bad. God, you really have. You don't see that as a you really as hate, a negative. You really hate football these days, Jesus. I kind of do. It's just such a dumb game. Like so, so many injuries. There, there was a guy with a fucking cracked rib at the level of his lung, and they're like, "Yeah, we're just gonna give you a cortisone injection so you don't feel it, and then hopefully, when it destroys your lung and you need a lung transplant, you won't feel that either." Moving on, Aaron doesn't want to talk about football. Fucking football. Moving on. What else did you want to talk? About? I don't know. I I just I don't have a lot to add. Okay, either. well, suck it. I had I, I had that to say. You don't have to. I know. I was quite. I was just gonna take a little little power nap, get revived, and, and then come back ready to to talk about any, anything else you wanted to. Um, but it's just like it's tough. I'm like, yeah, I don't know any of these people you're talking about. It's probably like how like half the listener base feels when we're talking about UFC. So I'm like, well, that makes I, sense. I got a couple. Okay, so I got a couple things to ask you. Then have you? Have you, as of yet, watched The Boys Season 2 and or Raised by Wolves? Because those were um, those were uh, recommendations I'd given you a couple of weeks ago or maybe last week. I don't well, remember. you didn't get, I mean, so, so no, I've not watched Raised by Wolves. Uh, I mean, I was the one that was telling you like, hey, Boys Season 2 is coming. Um, yeah, but I, I'd known about that too. Anyway, go ahead. And so, so yeah, we. I mean, we independently watched the first season. We were we were both looking forward to the second season. Um, and I mean, I, I I think we talked about the first season after the you know the first three episodes. And I still kind of feel the same way. It's just like, just like hit me different now with everything going on. Where I'm like, yeah, yeah. So the idea of a corporation duping the public, um, making superheroes to keep people under their thumb like lying to everyone like like yeah other than the technology of making superheroes none of this really seems that far-fetched particularly the part about the superheroes being fucking monsters of human beings from a a emotional and intellectual level i'm like i don't i don't really know if i'm up for for something this dark just reminding us how shitty and exploitative uh the, the 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 people and the entities that, that sort of pull all the strings are. I'm like, man, it's like just kind of bumming me out more than anything. Okay, so you don't like Boys Season 2. Uh, you didn't watch Raised by Wolves yet? No. It's, it's, not that, it's not that I don't like it. I'm just not finding that same level of enjoyment, I guess. you got to have some escapism to all this bullshit going on. I think the Raised by Wolves is, is could be one of those things. What, what other things are you into lately that is kind of providing a little more... Um, distraction from all the goings on of the world. Um, well, I mean, I told you I was playing Far Cry Four, okay. which is a first-person shooter, and I was like, "Wow, I'm just murdering a lot of like people." Oh, wasn't uh, you know not 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 zombies, not um, 
you know, not some invading alien race. Like, no, these are just people. I'm just killing them. Uh, so I, again, that, that was like, it was fun to get better at, at the dexterity of, of using a controller and everything. But I'm like, ah, this isn't as fun. The, the one, the one thing that, that I, I have been trying to do to up my Spanish, I was getting a little bit bored of just, um, of, of just doing the Duolingo app because, you know, there's some certain, like, some limitations to it. Like, I think particularly being able to hear the language and uh, and speak it, it's not as strong. I'm definitely better at reading it now than I was. Um, so the, I've been listening to, like, a, a bilingual podcast where it's, like, these, like, usually, like, 20-minute little stories mm. where it'll, it'll, it, and it's, it's meant for people who are sort of intermediate level. Okay. So... I'd say, like, on average, I, I probably understand, like, a third of what they're saying in Spanish. What, uh, what um, is that? Do you want to give that? It, it's du- Duolingo has, has oh, a podcast. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But, but it's, it's like, so the way they do it is it'll be, it'll, it's, it's a story of someone who is a Spanish speaker. And, like, the Spanish-speak, you know, the Spanish-speaking person. And, and usually, I think some of the people are from Chile, some of them for from Spain. Um, there's one, one from Colombia. Uh, but like they'll, they'll tell their story in Spanish and they're speaking at a very kind of easy controlled pace, um, which I, I didn't, I did not fully appreciate until the next thing I did to learn Spanish, but they'll, they'll tell their part of the story in the Spanish. And then there's an English narrator who'll kind of come and like move the story along. So there, there's some sections where they're speaking. I'm like, it's amazing. I'm like, Oh my God, I fucking understood everything they just said. That's great. <laughs> and then, and then there's some parts where they'll, um, you know, they'll say it and I'll understand like a couple key words and then I'll have to wait till the English speaker speaks to try to like piece together what they actually said. But it like really does, because some of these stories are really engaging. Like the last story I listened to was about, uh, she was, where was she from? She, I think from maybe Madrid or some uh, someplace like that. She was from Spain um, and she wanted to go to, to Germany to enroll in this like acting school. She was an actress and like she gets there, she just goes. She she doesn't have the money to do it. She's like, ah, I think I'm gonna get a scholarship. Like, and she doesn't wait to see if she gets the scholarship. She just fucking goes. And then of course she doesn't get it, and she's staying in a friend's room for like a month. She's trying to find a place to live. The friend's like, Hey, could you uh, maybe get the fuck out of my room? <laughs> like, like it's, it's like this is like a, I have like a, a, a not a, a one bedroom apartment. I I have a room. This is a little little tight. So she's she's trying to she's trying to find. Um, She's trying to find a new place to live, and she finds this apartment being rented by uh, what was the woman's name? I think it was Holly Brown. Holly Brown, and Holly Brown is in Greece, but she's renting the apartment out, and it like comes to pass that this is like Holly Brown is a pseudonym for this like uh, Nigerian mafia in London, and like this is one of the scams that they run, oh, shit. and like they like take all of her money, and like she doesn't have any money, and she's in. Spain and she can't, or she's in Germany. She can't find a job and she doesn't know how to, to, to talk to anyone. But so, so she just starts emailing. She realizes like she's been blocked, so she can't Skype call them, but she, she's got the email address for this like Nigerian, uh, Holly Brown pseudonym. And she starts like emailing every day. That's like her diary basically. And like the things that she's trying to do to get a response, get fucking crazier and crazier. We're like, she's like trying to like cultivate a romantic interest and like get them to, to, uh, to, to open up. And then like she, 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 at one point she, in her email, she proposes trying to join their mafia and she has a plan where that she, they can rob her whole family. She's just trying to, I don't know, like, and, and so one of the things I was like, Oh, okay. 
Uh, I've learned that the Nigerian scammers go after everyone. <laughs> I've learned that le- learned that my Spanish still has a ways to go until I can understand this. I think I've learned that I think I think Spanish women, pr- maybe particularly from Spain, are fucking insane. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like this, this woman is goddamn nuts. Dude, <laughs> like, the, 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 well, not just women. I think I think the youth in general in Spain go a lot more. You know how? Um, I think it's the Amish. That like a, they they reach a certain age and they let the Amish kind of the, the, oh Rumspringer where they let yes. the kids go fucking ape shit for a year or two until they decide to go back yes. or not. Uh, Amish spring break, aka Rumspringer. So in Spain, kids at an early age, I'm talking about like nine, ten, eleven, twelve years old, they're fucking smoking cigarettes, smoking weed, going to nightclubs, getting fucking hammered. Uh, it's the same in France. Um, it's it's bizarre to me. It's fucking insane. I did not know that happened until I was working for a Dude. weird college. How to take care of the, the drinking age in France is like four years old. Yeah, I believe it. It's, it's, it must be the same in Spain because these kids are coming to the States and they're like, can you go buy me booze? I'm like, what? You got to be 21, your kid. The, the, the kids in France are like, oh, I remember my first beer. Uh, I'm like, dude, you're six years old. What the fuck? Right. <laughs> but the, the funny, the, so the part where I was like, this woman is truly nuts because she, she was saying this in Spanish. And I heard it, and I understood it. I'm like, to me, it sounded like you're going to go to London to the address you have to try to find the Nigerian mafia and get your money back. <laughs> you, I, I must have misunderstood that. There's no way that that's what you actually said. And then the narrator's like, so she set off to London. I'm like, motherfucker, this this is a. a cr- <laughs> But the the fun the fun, sort of the epilogue the part that made it a good story was like she did she didn't find them and she she ends up having to go back to Spain like penniless and she's just she's so um, embarrassed she doesn't want to tell anyone about it and she gets this call asking to prevent you know if she wants to uh, participate in some sort of like theater festival and they were wondering if she had anything like any like plays or anything from her time in Germany and she writes this entire play about Holly Brown and all the experiences. And I, I'm going to see if I can find it on YouTube mm-hmm. or something to watch. And But it becomes like a huge hit. And like it, she gets huge, huge critical reception from, from it. And she starts like touring it around and it like opens all these doors. And apparently she became like a pretty uh, established person in the, in the theater world because of that. And I was like, I was like, well... I guess, I guess sometimes being a little bit insane, uh, you know, can go a long way. And I was like, man, uh, I do not know if I could I could handle a, a Spanish like the the España uh, 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 chica it would be a little bit too much muy, muy fuerte. Yeah. Well, you know, I think uh, uh, having dated and been with some uh, even like Latin American from here in this from here like in Southern California, I think Latina women in general, including the Spanish women, are probably a little more hot blood, a little more. A little more fiery, with with certain things. In by comparison to like a a white girl or an Asian girl, um, I think uh, the Latina blood in us makes us makes them a little, a little crazy. Y- yes, in 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 general, you got to remember. So, um, America is a big and diverse country, and, and white girls come in many makeups and flavors. Oh yeah, uh, a lot of crazy white bitches. The, yeah, but but I think I think as a stereotype that that one that you just made holds some some water. Uh, si con su permiso, voy a voy a retrasar un poquito. 
Did you understand that? I understood un poquito. <laughs> Wait, you understood the part of the phrase that I said un poquito, or you only understood un poquito, or both? Both. What, what, I, what I said is, with your permission, let me retrace a little bit. Um, you mentioned Far Cry 4, and right away, ding, 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 uh, Far Cry 5 is soon to be out. Oh, it's out. It's been or out maybe for a while. it's six. Okay, so it's Far Cry six. Six, six is soon to. Out. So, so just just to give a quick explanation of this this sequel, it's basically um, there. There's a. It's a first person shooter. You're the protagonist. You get dropped in the middle of some. They've been somewhat exotic destination uh, in in Far Cry three, which was I think the first one that really broke out it was it was in this like island with fucking like pirates and stuff like that at far cry 4 you were in um I, I think i was saying i was saying peru but it was it's it's it supposed to be nepal it was the himalayas it wasn't okay. south america it was it was by india so you're you're in like the himalayan mountains with this this sort of uh dictator and war torn country in in nepal which was our approximation of Nepal. Far Cry Five, which this is the one I'm like, fuck, I don't know if I, I, I really could play this. It's just it's just Montana. Uh. You're just in fucking Montana with like crazy cult leaders and I mean it's it's a joke that everyone in Marta- Montana is armed to the teeth, but they, they legit are like you probably could find giant weapon caches everywhere in Montana. And I, I don't know what's I got a question is. for you and then I wanted to, to get to the point I was gonna make. Una pregunta? Una pregunta. In Far Cry, uh, that you know of the uh, the plot lines or what have you, are you the same protagonist through all the no um, game? no no? Oh, it's, so it's different. So it's a different protagonist. Yes, gotcha. Okay, that so, was one question. So Far Far Cry three, I don't know who who the protagonist is in five. In Far Cry three, you're basically like frat boys who are on like spring break, and then you're like I can't remember if you're hang gliding or para jumping or something, but you you just end up on on this island and then kill a lot of people. Um, gotcha. Far Cry Four, you, you, it's, it's probably the best protagonist in the whole series. You're Ajay Gali. Your your mother uh, and father were revolutionaries in the country, and then your mom ran away to the states. And she, the the, the whole driving catalyst of the plot is that your mother has died, and she asked you to return her ashes to this this place in the country. Um, mm. And then and then I guess. You know, in, in John Wick, you, you had they kill, oh they killed his dog. He can just murder everyone. And this place is like, well, <laughs> well, he's tried to return the ashes, so he can just if you're gonna kill like several hundred people, I think you've got carte blanche when you got to put your mother's ashes back. Like that's duh, that's they sort do of that. And that that was that was kind of a little bit of the plot in uh, Beer Fest, the movie with uh, Broken Lizard. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, John Wick Beer uh, Fest. They're kind of like yeah, like same. two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Um. So, so uh. This Tuesday, September twenty, this past Tuesday, September twenty second, I think it was the day, uh, they were doing pre uh, pre orders for the new next gen Xbox. We were talking about consoles last episode, and so this last Tuesday was the like Tuesday at eight a.m. Pacific time. They were gonna do the pre sale orders for the the next gen Xbox, which is the Xbox Series X mm. or the Xbox Series S. Mm. Um, the Xbox Series X is basically like the flagship next-gen console for Microsoft. Uh, 4K resolution and uh, super high def, um, like over one terabyte of memory, 
Um, it can play CDs or it can play digital downloads. It can do the it's it's everything. The whole enchilada. Price tag on it was about five hundred bucks. The Xbox Series, oh sorry, yeah, the Xbox Series S is going to be the smaller kind of watered down version of the same console. The differences being that it does not play CDs. Yeah. It has about half the amount of memory, and um, it the resolution on it is is good only up to like fourteen forty. Whatever, like it's the red the, the 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 graphics resolution isn't as good as the other console. So, I'd already told my nephew months ago, month or two ago, it's okay. I'm gonna buy you the new. Whenever the new Xboxes come out, I'm gonna buy you one. I'm also gonna buy myself one. After asking his mom and checking out what kind of TVs they have, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I I decided I was gonna get him an Xbox Series S and get myself the Xbox Series X. So this. This I was about to spend like seven eight hundred bucks this week on Tuesday. I'm like I'm gonna go online, pre-order this fucking console. Muy caro. Yes, muy muy caro, mucho dinero. Unfortunately, these fucking consoles sold out like within ten to fifteen minutes. And I mean, when I saw I say sold out, they sold out on Amazon, they sold out on Walmart, they sold out on Target, they sold out in Costco or Costco didn't do it. Sorry, they sold out in GameStop. Everywhere you can think of, you buy this fucking thing on a pre-sale, sold out within like 10 to 15 minutes. So fucking bummed out. Here's what pisses me off more, though. Is that there are these guys that, and a lot of these motherfuckers do this, they will buy more than one console online. They'll get the pre-sale code and all that bullshit. And then they'll immediately post it on eBay and charge up double, triple the value of the, the console. Um, I don't know what some of these consoles ultimately ended up selling for. What I can tell you is that, again, I, I, I logged on at 9 a.m. trying to fucking, you had to wait in line, blah, 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 blah. You had to wait in line online, as stupid as that fucking sounds, uh, to buy these fucking consoles. They sold out within 10 minutes. And then within the hour, these things were being sold at least triple value. Of what uh, you know, you pay for if you had got be, were one of the lucky people to get it online. I'm bummed out. I'm pissed off. Oh, that sucks. So now I gotta wait till unless Xbox Microsoft decides to do another pre-release here pretty soon. Now I gotta wait till November 10th, which is the actual release date of the console when they make them public, and hope that they make a shit ton of these fucking things, so I can buy myself one and my nephew one. It was gonna be his his it was gonna be his early Christmas gift, but now it might actually be his Christmas gift by the time they actually fucking oh. make more of these consoles. There you go. But uh, yeah, so I'm bummed out. That came out, and also the, so why why that tied into Far Cry was because I was gonna wait until the next gen console to buy Far Cry six or seventeen or whatever the fuck the next one was. Six. I want you 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 said enough to kind of like. Intrigue me on the uh, the franchise, so I thought, okay, well, that'll be cool game to play on this new console, right? When it when it's out. But uh, fuck you to you assholes that bought consoles and put them on eBay to sell them for more. You guys can eat a dick. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm gonna wait. I'll, I'll wait until the the whole kind of spending frenzy is over, and hopefully until I can get one used because there, there's still PlayStation Four games, and then I. I gotta figure out if if I need to stop. So I went I went back to playing 
that that mobile game that I was playing a little bit, Clash Royale. It's it's kind of like real time strategy chess. That's that's the way I yeah, yeah. explain it. And remember when you said, "Oh, you like um, what was it Overwatch?" Because it's like, oh, something you can just play kind of quick. You don't have to necessarily invest tons of hours in it. Yeah. Um, and that's why I mean, usually the games are about six minutes. Um, yeah. And so I, I like that aspect. And I was like, oh, what I the other thing I can do is I can change the language settings in Clash Royale, so it's in Spanish. <laughs> and then I joined it. So so they're they're like little like clans um, where I mean it's it's an individual game, but they tried to make kind of community functions. So I'm like I'm go, I'm going I went and joined a Spanish clan, so everyone speaks Spanish <laughs> in it. And there's just constantly there's things I say. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And I I type it into Google Translate. I'm like. No, that's not okay. Like that's not what they said. There's like it was like one of the what was it? It was something about like yeah, I fucked up too. And I was like no no no. I see the words puta madre. That doesn't. That's I guess <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. a literal trans- translation. No. But yeah. so I'm learning a whole different part of the the language right now. Um, in Clash Royale. It, I remember uh, when I worked for Whittier College. And I had these. I mean, we talking about these crazy Spanish kids, particularly the girls. The girls are fucking nuts, but the boys too. They're they're all troublemakers. They're all heathens. But I remember this one Spanish girl. In fact, when we lived at the Lancer, Lancer house, there's this the one girl from Spain that would always come over, and she tried to party with us. I don't. You probably don't remember her name. Her name was Olga. No. Nope. Big tits, short girl attractive little body but you can tell she was a little fiery one a little one that wanted drama like she was drama for sure anyway she'd come hang out with me at the Lancer house every now and again attract attention but I remember one of the things that they would always say was uh, all the Spanish kids joder which means fuck literally but it's kind of like it's kind of like fuck like holy shit like fuck and uh, I remember like it was it was kind of um, endearing to hear like these fucking 10 year old kids both Guys and girls, okay? And we say, oh, that. I'd be like, what the fuck? It's like my nephew saying, fuck. It's like, what the fuck? This little kid shouldn't be cursing. That's not good for you. It's bad. Poor, huh? Sure. That's, no, that's, that's the way. I, I, I don't know if kids say that, but that's, that's like a, a uh, Brazilian word that, that, that they will use for emphasis a lot. But it, it, <laughs> It's weird because it literally means like like come like semen. Oh but, shit! But they'll just so like you hear that if you give like Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructors, they'll say it sometimes if they're really trying to make a point and says this is like it's like I can't do a Brazilian uh, Brazilian or Portuguese accent rather, but it's like they'll be like it's like yes you got you got to grab that arm porra and it's like <laughs> what the fuck like what because <laughs> I remember that was with two one two where I looked that up and I'm like wait what I I mean I I. Look, I get ex- excited as the next guy when I grab an arm bar, but I don't get that excited. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, 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 that's not what they're saying. Okay, I understand. Um, I, and then, man, the last thing, I, 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 this one I have to scrap until later. I was like, wait, there's a bunch of Spanish language uh, shows on Netflix. Like, I could watch one of those, and then that's really going to help with, like, the listening skills. I got a good movie for you in Spanish. It was actually... That re- did not work. Pan's Labyrinth? No. 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 Uh, I don't know. I think it's... It sounds stupid. It's actually a Spanish movie, not not like a Mexican or South American movie. Uh-huh. It's It was made in Spain. Yes. Uh, La Plataforma or The Platform. Oh, that's what I guess. It, it's, 
it's kind of like a it's kind of like a kind of like a thriller horror thing but the but the subcontext is very I wouldn't say political but more but definitely like socio-economic like there okay. there there are layers to this movie it's it's a it's a horror thriller type movie but there are layers to it so it's it's a layered movie so if you're watching you're kind of like oh okay I I see what you're what, I see what you're doing here uh but it's all in Spanish Fortunately for me, I, I understand Spanish, but I still had the subtitles playing for me while I was watching I, I, the movie. I couldn't even with, with the the shows I tried to watch. They spoke so fast yeah. that e- even sentences where like I knew every word in the sentence. I'm like, I, I have no idea what the fuck he said. And then I would turn on the subtitles and I'd read it and I'd be like, okay, I know the words that are in the sentence. I, I actually know all those words. I'm reading the subtitles and then I would listen. I'm like, I, no, I still can't understand a single fucking word. They spoke so fast. Give it a try. Good movie. I enjoyed it. I, I, the, I watched the platform? it not because of... Yeah, not, not because... I didn't, I didn't watch it because of the whole Spanish thing. I watched it because I heard it was a good movie. Uh, I think it was a Netflix release as well. Uh, watched it. Enjoyed it. Good movie. Especially if you like... Um, Again, horror thriller type movies that have again, it's it's got layers. It's it's not just you, you can take the movie for a face face value, and then you can be like, oh okay, I could see what the director or writers were trying to point out politically, socioeconomically. Watch it. It's it's interesting movie for sure. I didn't like the ending. I don't like how it ended, but still good story, good tale. The the, the one that I did end up watching. It, it seems like it's kind of a bad show. It's it's um. Well, because the first one, the one that's like really critically acclaimed on Netflix is called, I don't know what the Spanish translation is. It was called like Money Heist. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually supposed to be good. But that was the one where like I just could not understand a single word. Uh, And then I switched to one that um, it's it's the the neighbor. Hmm. Um, El vecino? I don't know. Because they didn't. I mean, that's that's the tough part is is. I, I'm sure that's that's the literal translation. I don't know what they actually call it in, okay. in Spanish-speaking countries. On in English, they have it as the neighbor, and it's it's it, as far as I can tell, it's like a s- sitcom with not that big of a budget, but mm. it's like the protagonist gets some sort of like superhero powers from outer space, and huh. it was just it. The, the, they speak a little bit slower, um, and what, what and but the episodes are short. They're like between like 25 and 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what I was doing instead of of, of uh, listening with subtitles, because when I listen with subtitles, I just, my brain just converts everything to English. And I'm not even hearing what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So I, I would, li- I only did this with two episodes, but I would, I would watch the episode first, just no subtitles completely in Spanish. And then I would try to, I would, I would have a, an idea in my mind of what they were saying and what happened. And then I would watch it a second time with subtitles and be like, okay, what did I, cause like the first episode, I'm like, wow, I can't, there's, I understand there's a big argument about t-shirts. Like, like I get it. Like this guy's like a bum. He's showing up late for work. I understand this part. His girlfriend's a journalist. They're, there, there's some contention. She wants him to be more serious. I understood all that, but I don't understand what their issue about T-shirts is. Because I kept hearing camiseta, blah, 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 camiseta, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't like. I was like, I'm like, I was like a dog. You know, like if you're if you're talking to a dog and you're and it hears one keyword, it's like what? You just pick up camiseta, like. Um, 
And then Here's, I got I got another one for you too. I had I had to go back and I was like, oh, she's mad because he wants her to write an article about his t-shirts so he could try to because he's trying to sell t-shirts. Yeah, what a fucking loser! Like this, <laughs> I, I don't even feel bad that I didn't understand that from context because that that sounds absolutely ridiculous. I I got another one for you that's on Netflix. It's another one that's in Spanish, but they uh they they do the subtitles in English. It's a little on the cheesy side, but it's kind of comic book hero ish. El mucho queso? Thing. No, no, <laughs> no, no tiene mucho queso. Oh, wait, wait. just get, just get to one, one of the the because you know there's like pro gaming and there's huge pro gaming circuits. One of the sure. most the oldest most established uh, pro gaming teams for Clash Royale is is a a Spanish team and it's Team Queso. So it's like a like team cheesy team. Yeah, their team, mascot uh, is like a big angry looking thing of cheese. It's like a wedge of, wedge of cheese. But I always thought that was funny. I wonder if that's because their play style is cheesy, or if it's just because it's they think they're the big cheese. I don't know. We'll see. So this other movie on Netflix, um, in English, uh, it it goes by Unknown Origins. It came out this year, uh, August of this year. So it's it's very new. Um, unknown origins in English or in Spanish, Orígenes Secretos. It's kind of comic booky, but don't expect the uh, production quality to be anything like the Marvel Studios production quality. It's a it's it's a few degrees less than that, um, but the storytelling is funny, and it's again it's comic booky. Uh, I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. Watch it. Good one. If you want to, I mean, it might it because it's comic booky. I don't know if maybe you relate, or maybe you can uh, enjoy the context of what's going on in the plot line because of the nature of its story. You might be able to enjoy it and follow it along with English subtitles. I don't know. See what see what you think of it if you watch it. it I, I could try like movies because for me, I've learned I, I really can't list, have the subtitles on because I won't learn anything about the language. I just, gotcha. my brain, my brain really just will convert everything into English and w- watching like a, like a multiple hour thing is, is yeah. tough for me because okay. my brain is really working hard to try to like translate, to pick everything up to, and then just for that long. So maybe I could watch it like in, in segments. I will say this much, both those, those titles that I've mentioned Although I know Spanish, the Castilian or or, or Spain Spanish is is, is a, a tad degree, at least to me, a little bit quicker than yep. like the Spanish that I'm accustomed to in here, like Southern California or Mexican Spanish. Um, so I did have I, I did have to re- re- resort to uh, reading the s- subtitles myself, even here and there. You know, just because they were like, "What the fuck did he say?" Because I I didn't hear the word come out in Spanish, and then I yeah. have to read it. So oh, it's also like the, the, the money heist. That was the other thing. Like the guy um, who was speaking in the beginning, he had such sort of like a grump, kind of a gruff, like deep voice. Like uh-huh. it could have been hard to understand, even if you were a Spanish speaker. Right. He's just very and he's speaking so fast. But I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. And then and then once once I really have, have a mastery of the language, I can, I can say I can be say, uh, "Hola, Irene. Quieres ver una película con Armando?" Just don't tell her about my big chicken again, please. Thank you. Appreciate it. Que, que película? Uh, 
I don't know how you say the name. Uh, oh, nombre. Uh, is, is the, el nombre es uh, el pollo grande. <laughs> I please no. Please no. So, so wait, wait just, I think I think I said that all right. She because I said you want to see Arman, or, uh, a movie with Armando, and, and then and then I was I was like acting like she'd said what movie, and I said what you know what movie? The name of the movie is the Big Chicken. <laughs> No, don't do that. Don't do that. No me gusta. Netflix, a pollo grande. You got to figure out how to say Netflix and chill. That's That was my, my translation. Netflix, a pollo grande. She might just think that you're going to get like ordering like and eat chicken fingers together. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a saying in American, Netflix and chicken. Sure. I don't think I think the the meaning will be lost on her. Um, I've got nothing else to say. Uh, maybe maybe something else will come up, but I really haven't. How about you, Aaron? I have so much else to say, but let's save it all for sure. next week's exciting episode. If there's anyone still listening, and you're like, "Wow, these guys actually were a little bit entertaining today. They made some good jokes," but I don't give a shit about UFC or football or Far Cry. Don't worry. Do not dismay. Next week, we will talk about <laughs> things that are not specific to, to uh, sports and video games nerds. It will be something that is important for, for you and everyone you know and the entire planet. Tune in next week where we continue our important work on the Degenerates Clubhouse. Goodbye, guys. Adios, muchachos. That was a good outro. We didn't fuck it up. Hey, everyone. Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you.